thousand UFO sightings reported around the world every month. 90% of these sightings can be explained, but 10% cannot. Officially and unofficially, the U.S. military has been investigating UFOs since 1947. Their top secret goal is to find out what's behind these unexplained sightings. The Pentagon classifies them as unusual airborne anomalies. But a better term is X-Files. Join us as we explore these unsolved cases, UFO incidents that baffle even the U.S. military. This is Mac Maloney's Military X-Files. And now, here's Mac Maloney. Well, good evening, everyone. Welcome to Mac Maloney's Military X-Files show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Well, this is Mac Maloney. What a show we have for you tonight. But for us, I'm contractually obligated, girls and everyone else out there to introduce the members of the posse, or the pussy, as they say, on the streets what? of Paris. <laughs> Girls, sit down. Stop fanning yourselves and get that extra big box of Kleenex because he's here, the very famous one one Wow. Hello, Mac. And, and ironically enough, he has a Kleenex That's in his right. hand. I've been coming off the cold. I'm doing a lot better today. Really? Good yeah. to know. Yeah, Are a lot you better still- than last week. Are you going to greet the women uh, yes. in your usual? Hello, girls. How's it going? Everybody's okay. Welcome to the show. Ladies and gentlemen and all the ships at sea, welcome go. to the Mac Maloney's Military X-Files show. You always get the, the, the title wrong, but that's okay. It's Mac, Mac Maloney's, Maloney's Military X-Files, X-Files show. Right. That's what I said. Uh, we'll have to Isn't that back. what I said? We'll check the tape. Also, and welcome to you, Mac. Thank you. you're the uh, driving influence in the show. Uh, thank you very much. I appreciate that. You're the rudder that steals the ship. Steers or steals, steals the ship? ship. <laughs> I'd rather be the straw that stirs the drink, frankly. Uh, you're in your Rolling Stones gear. Yes, I am. Okay, but you have Patriots gear is is on its way. On its way. Yeah. Now you've you have it ordered. Is that the angle? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, what did you get? Uh, you just want to. Well, I want come the in I want the, uh, the the gear that has the number six on the hat. Of course. And the things to talk about. You know, six Super Bowls. Right. Not just a generic. Patriots. Right. Yeah, it was funny because I, I was looking back, thinking, "How long ago was one for the thumb?" <laughs> that was a long yeah. time. <laughs> so anyway, the Pats have six. It's amazing. And I'll tell you, man, this is uh, when when you're hearing this is going to be in the middle of October or the end of October. But the way it's going, it's they might be in there again this That's year. Right. The way it's going, but you never know what's going to happen, especially in sports and. Other things, they too. still have some issues on the offense. Well, you know, their They'll issues, yeah, their issues are nothing compared to other teams' issues, you know? yeah, really. Anyway, um, I'm sure we're boring him, but up there in the Bowl of Flakes, our national correspondent, Battle Creek of the Republic, Switcherino, Switchblade, Steve Warren. It is great to be here, gentlemen. Okay, it's All great right. to have you here, Switch, as always. Thanks, Juan. Okay. Everything okay with you there, Switchy? Everything is beyond wonderful, Mac. Beyond wonderful. Okay. All right. So, how's the weather up there? How's the weather? Uh, it's not bad. Got a little bit cool, but uh, you know, it's uh, can't complain. I thought he'd say crispy. Just that just popped into my head. As in rice crispies. We're supposed to get some crappy rain around here the next Cra- couple of days. Uh, Thursday we're having a, a hurricane, mm. as it yeah. turns out. But that's New England weather. I'm tired for the past three weeks. Not to digress, for the past three weeks, I've gone out my car, turned on the heat, 
go out in at one o'clock in the afternoon and turn on the AC. Exactly, it, it's really it's, weird. It's unbelievable how it works. Yeah. So, um, well, switch. You know, um, our nation awaits. We want to know what you had for breakfast. So, are you going to disappoint us? Should I tell Jeff to put in the drum roll, or should we kind of forego that drama? Well, it it depends. Uh, would Would you rather know what I had for breakfast yesterday? Well, that's kind of beside the point. I'm that's, game for that. Really? But yeah, but let's, don't you want to hear what he had today? I'd rather, but... Because I got a feeling today's going to be uh, downgrade. A letdown. Right, well, that, what, what would be... Tell me what would be disappointing and what things would not be for today. Well, uh, a health bar would be very disappointing. That's right. Senior, okay, we're, don't, don't worry about that. You're, I didn't you're have up that. there in Battle Creek, Michigan. Yeah, the, the Denny's um, bombastic breakfast would be you know, the high point. Yeah. Well, if you ask me uh, what I had yesterday... that. That might qualify, but I, I did not have that today. Hang on. But I also did not have a food bar. Hang today. on a second. <laughs> There's a, apparently a, a, a little kid riot out. <laughs> was it trick or treat? I don't know. Is it really? It's Maybe a little early, huh? We should tell people, and, and Switchy knows this. When we broadcast, we're in a radio station, but we're in a neighborhood, and it's really kind of funny sometimes. I should be like <laughs> Mo Howard. Can't you see we're yeah. broadcasting? Yeah. Whoops! Oh, that's the crickets outside, <laughs> out in the. Uh, so anyway, okay. Why don't we? Well, it, it's also a dead end street, right? So sometimes it people go up there tell, and they're, the they're ticked off yeah. because they didn't read the sign that said so, no outlet. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, you know, we are in New Hampshire. So um, <laughs> why, don't, why don't we why don't we talk about what you had uh, for breakfast this morning? I think I'd rather go that way. Okay. Today I had a heaping bowl of sugar frosted flakes. Okay. All right. Excellent. That's good. Excellent. Two percent milk. Yep. Okay, good. Coffee, and, drink and it like a man? Hot black coffee. Yep. Wow. Extra sugar on the flakes or no? No. No, 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 no. no. That's unhealthy. <laughs> no, homie, don't, don't play that. <laughs> Do you put sugar in the coffee? No, no. Wow, no. just straight black. Huh? They straight have this, black this, like this a man. Yep. Wow, huh? And when, one or two cups in the morning. Oh, more than two. Really? <laughs> it's just getting started, yeah. Shoot. How many, how many cups of coffee do you drink in a day? Uh, it depends. Sometimes I'll make another pot or two later on, and uh, I might even make one uh, this evening. Here's Nescafe calling you know right now I, to do a I, uh, commercial. I make a pot of coffee. I don't, I don't do that Keurig stuff. I make a pot yeah. of coffee with either Pete's Coffee or Starbucks, and I fill up fill it up to where it says eight. Okay. Does that mean eight cups? I guess it does. I don't I mean, know. It's always I mean, weird. The it, measuring is always weird. It's always weird, and I end up drinking most of it. Do you yeah. really? Yeah. yeah. And it varies from coffee pot to coffee pot. You just yeah. gotta you gotta get the new pot. You gotta right. f- figure it out. Yeah. Do, so, and you drink a pot of coffee a day too, this would you? Um. Well, a, a, a small pot. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Small pot. Wow. And that, I mean, that's well, just you a, could, the, the full pot is like ten or twelve cups. Okay. Think, yeah. You know? Yeah. But I always you, make a smaller. Uh, I put in like maybe one scoop for uh, what is it. Uh, four cups, but it's not really four cups, and then maybe two heaping scoops for a, a bigger pot. Yeah, but yeah. I might make a couple of those a day. You never know. I can't drink coffee. I have something. There's something in coffee that doesn't agree with me. It's not the caffeine because I've, as you know, I've drank a lot of Red Bull in my life. <laughs> uh, but there's just something about the coffee. I don't know. Well, it's it's acidic, right? Yeah, but it's not it's that. Bad. It makes me jittery. It makes me really oh, jittery. It does? Okay. You know, and that would seem to be the caffeine, but. You know, you've seen me IV Red Bull, you know. So. I've seen you IV those five-hour energy things. And those, too. That's, I'm on those now, too. I'm off of Mountain Dew, but I am. Oh, and I forgot them tonight. Oh, I know I shouldn't have brought them. What? My five-hour energies. Oh, man. I might have one kicking around, too. So, anyway, yeah. So, okay. All right. So, that's good. 
the Frosted Flakes is not bad, and the, the Big Black Coffee. So what did you have yesterday? That Are we going to really? Uh, it was, uh, get a I had uh, two uh, slices of French toast and yes. four strips of bacon. Wow, okay, yeah, good. With no no, no eggs, uh, no hash browns or anything like that, no but uh, right. another uh, another uh, couple cups of uh, hot black coffee. That's healthy. Wow. Now, did you go out for that, or did you click that up yourself? No, I, I went out for that. Went, okay. All right. Did you go up by yourself, or did you bring the little lady with you? Uh, the little lady is traveling at the moment, oh. so I, I went by myself. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. And, and do you know people at the place? Where would you go? Denny's? Yeah, actually, they, they, they some of them know me by they name. They know you? So. Okay. Well, it's like I said, the moose. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they put they put my military discount on there. It's oh, cool. Nice. Okay. Oh, yeah. military yeah. discount? Yeah. Really? Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, good for yeah, you. I didn't know they did okay. that. And what do you just sit well, there they, and read the paper? Or do you chat with uh, strangers at the? I always bring a book. Bring a book. Okay. Oh wow. yeah. Okay. I don't know if uh, I'd ever really bring a book. The guy <laughs> with the book. I'm, yeah, right. Because you're always the guy with the there. book. Here's a here's a table, to everybody. And yeah. Go sit beside the guy with, with the, the guy book. With the book. Right over yeah. There well, there. I'd rather be the guy with the newspaper, frankly. You know. Pretend all, to read. It's it. all good. He's very quiet. Okay. So they know you. So they know your name, just like walking into Cheers, right? Where everyone knows your name? Yeah. Okay. All right. And Juan, yeah. you have the same thing. You have those Sports Illustrated swimsuit models at that time oh, you man. go to. You know, when the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue, easy for me to say, comes out, Yes. I'm all over it. <laughs> <laughs> like you read about Wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, every picture you show me of them, that's not only do they look like that, but they're kind of posed like that. And every picture tells a story. <laughs> sure does. You know. Yeah. How would you like to be on the uh, the photography shoot for something like that? Well, in those exotic places. Well, be the guy. Be the yeah. guy behind the camera. Do this. Do that. How should I put this? I'll be the makeup people. Yeah, usually, those guys aren't into girls. <laughs> Man, let's be real. It's good for them. Yeah. But you know what I mean. I think when they do the behind the scenes layout. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, they're talented. That's what's illustrated thing. Man, that comes out and it's like February. A, yeah, it's 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 huge. And they yep. they promote it a lot, but man, right. man. I mean they still have clothes on. Don't they? I like how they display it in supermarkets. You only see like Oh yeah, right up it. front. Yeah, you ain't. It's kidding. right up front. But Impulse buy. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and they always cover up. Yeah, you just see your yeah. face. Yeah. Wow, we are really going down memory lane here. So, uh, so Switchy, um, anything else new with you? Uh, well, I've done some traveling. Okay, done some traveling. Now, now uh, I was listening to the show last week, and before we get into travels, uh, you were telling us in between all the laughter and hilarity. That you are putting in the gray ghost um, in the big junk out in the sky, and you are leasing a new car, right? Well, the, the gray ghost has, in fact, given up the ghost. Really? Yeah. Oh, no. I, I, I just hit three hundred thousand miles on it before it uh, went to, uh, uh, well, not greener pastures, but okay. elsewhere. Elsewhere. So, what happened? What did the engine go, or the seal break? Or? Well, I, I had just dumped a bunch of money in it because oh. I was going to keep it another year. You're going to drive it uh, out here. You're going to drive it out here. Right? I, I was. Well, I would have probably made it out there and back with no problem. What but, happened? Uh, because I did. Because I did. Uh, I did. Uh, went to Iowa and west side uh, toward the west side of Iowa and all over the place. But uh, when I went to Iowa, now uh, it started making kind of a noise, and I didn't know what it was. Okay. Uh, you know, tires or the fan belt or whatever, just yeah. kind of odd. So <laughs> tires I, I, of the I, fan I, belt, and, one or the other. Yeah. Go ahead. And you know. 
and you know, and you get to you you uh, you get to be uh, hopeful yes. that whatever it is, it will go away. Yeah, and of sure. course, it never of course. goes away; it just gets a little worse. So I thought, <laughs> okay, I got to take this back in and have it checked. Yep. Well, it turns out that my transmission starting to go. Oh no! Was starting to go, okay. and the guy told me that uh, he he couldn't. You know, he said it might last a week, yep. might last a year. Yep. But you know, so I thought, okay. Yeah, three hundred thousand miles is a lot on a transmission. Mm. Let's face it. Um, and 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 um, what year was it again? Two thousand and eight. Eight. Okay. So you had you got ten, eleven years out of it. Yeah. Okay. And uh, three hundred thousand miles. Okay. All right. And 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 uh, okay. All right. And was, what was it? Just a regular four cylinder. What kind of what model was it? Uh, Chevy Cobalt. Okay, they still make those. I forget that they made they made uh, a couple different types, but I don't I don't remember which type. Isn't that the no, most they, highly that's a cat, same as a Cavalier, I guess? But they don't make the cobalt anymore. Isn't that the most highly radioactive element in the world? Cobalt. It's a funny thing. Know. Sounds better than Cavalier, though. If you say you're driving a cobalt or a Cavalier, what, what a would Ford, you rather do? But a Ford Impact. Who would name that? Could be worse. You could be driving a Saturn. <laughs> they don't make those anymore, do they? No. Coco has one. He does. Yep. Uh, we're Coco free tonight, by the way. He's still out in, uh, out there somewhere, somewhere, protecting us. I guess. West um, coast or what? I think it's a little Are more middle middle of the country. To tell you the truth, you know. Mm. But I get these um, kind of ethereal emails from him in the middle of the night. You know, got some weird emails. I was yeah. looking at some of them. He copies me on them. I'm going. I have no yeah. idea what we're talking about. Yeah, he was. And then he was talking about rock and roll today. Did you get that one? Yeah, about, I, yeah. I like that. I one. wanted to write back to him. You know, well, yeah, we won't get into it. But he was he was wondering if the Rolling Stones were as why good we as they were. Why are we killing our rock stars? Yeah, right. You know, and I wrote back because of the groupies. Why the hell do you think they're out in the road? He says they don't need the money. Right. Yeah. Run, if they want to, if they want a tour, and we want to pay for it, so what? Ron Wood is seventy-two years old. His wife is twenty-two years old. And they just had twins. Wait, his wife's only twenty-two. Twenty-two, twenty-three. Yeah. Really? Yep. Yeah. And uh, he's going on the road. Uh, he's he's got a couple of things going. He's got an art. He's oh, he does art. art yeah, he going. does. He's a really good artist too. And yeah. he's got some other band with him too. Does he really? Yeah. 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 Well, that's what they do when they're not touring. I, I, I was thinking about this on the way up. I'd be the first one to dump on them if they were crummy. Hmm. And they weren't. If anything, I bet you they were better. I bet you the sound system, the presentation is, is more up to date. You're talking about the Stones? Yeah. I, yeah. Can't, I can't imagine them sounding any better. That's the tightest band I've ever, ever. And, yeah. and I've seen the whole. They're tight, but not too tight. I not mean, too tight. Yeah, there's just some of the way they put the show on. It's it's they Clearly, they... Uh, Rehearse their craft too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 They don't just yeah. mail it in and no, just show up no. and say, "Oh, yeah, we can play this." And no, it's 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 not happen. note for note, but it's 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 those songs, those hits played the best way possible. Yeah, right. You know, there's, there's no other way to put it, and and you can tell they put time and effort and thought into it too. Mm-hmm. Rolling Stones. Anyway, wow. You still there, Switchy? You still awake? I'm here, man. I'm okay, here. Okay. So well, uh, the conversation. So the great ghost. Like you, I'm listening to the radio right now. Did you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> WNBP. Um, so, did you what you put it into the junkyard, or did you turn it in? They give you a hundred bucks. No, no, I, I, I traded it in. Traded it in. Okay, good. All right. Yeah, That's and I, I got. I decided to uh, since in, back in the old days when I was uh, gainfully employed, I used to put thirty thousand miles a year in my car. Wow, huh? but that was uh, like seventeen, eighteen thousand of that was just going back and forth to work. How sure. long? How long did you have to drive to work? How far was it? Uh, it was only about. Uh, um, half hour, 35, 35 oh, minutes, 30, something like that. 30 miles way. there, 30 miles back, 60 miles a yeah. day. Yep. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, did you did you value your time? Were you in traffic? Do they have traffic up there? Well, I have. I would hit uh, I ninety four most of the way, okay. and it was usually pretty smooth sailing. Okay. I didn't usually, you know, not too many traffic jams or accidents or whatever. Well, don't ever move to Boston because you'll, you'll spend half. Your I, 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 yeah, I've been through there many times. Yeah, it's, it's the traffic it's is not their high point. So anyway, so in your travels now, you got the new lease cow economy. It's a Ford Fusion. Okay. All right. And and uh, what's fancy about it? Anything? Uh, well, well, you know, it's it's uh, when, of course, when I came out to the Exeter uh, yes. event, yes, yes. I rented a car, uh, yes. which I had not done. And so it was kind of like a training car because uh, cars nowadays don't have keys. They well, have buttons you push. Right. You don't put the key in the door anymore. So that was kind of like training for this new car, okay. which is everything's different. I mean, yeah. it's got the control console is all digital. Oh, wow, huh? Yikes. But I've got, and also I've got Sirius XM radio oh, for six yeah. months, yeah, that's and it's good. already, it's already, you know, sucked me in. Like, what am I right. going to do without this now? Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, that's you, the whole you idea. Get the thirty day free, free subscription, and then they really suck you in yeah. big time. No, no, this is I get it for six months. Really? So they yeah. figure, okay. they figure, they give it to me for six months. I'm going to have withdrawals, and wow. and you know, won't be able to handle it if when it oh, goes good. away. Is there any way you can download Sirius XM? Probably not, right? Uh, you can have it in your house. Yeah. Download the content set up a, for later listening. Probably yeah, you not. You can have it in your house and then uh, dub everything on cassettes. Oh, I used to do that. Digital recorder. You could just plug it into a digital recorder oh, right. and let it go true. for hours. Yeah, right. Hmm. Yeah, I used to steal what? Steal radio? You? Sure. Uh-huh. I, I still got cassettes that when I was in California. I forget what the. Uh, what year? Nine ninety-five. That might be interesting to see what you during, know. during the OJ trials. Oh, really? Yeah, I even, boy. I even recorded some of the O.J. trials on cassette. <laughs> you were out there at the right time. <laughs> anyway, so, switching. It was right after Pulp Fiction came out. There you go. Oh, boy. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for that cherry on top. Hey, did you get that article, Switch, about uh, Pulp Fiction? About Quentin Tarantino. I, I, I didn't actually read the article. I there saw the, the email, but I didn't, didn't okay. click on the article. Good for you, Switchy. It's pretty good. You know, why I, I, could, I could just I could just see uh, Mac the expression on Mac's face when he got. Why the, pollute uh, your article? mind anymore you know. with this propaganda? And that's all it is. You you know he probably you, said great another passive aggressive email from Juan Juan. That's exactly right. <laughs> that's exactly right. We're trying to bust his cojones. That's well, all. Why drink your Kool Aid? Why why drink that QT Kool Aid? Okay, just because you were fooled, not, why should we? I, I'm obviously not the only one that really thought it was the best movie ever made. Other than the Ten Commandments. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow. Switch. I think that was the best movie ever made. The Ten Commandments? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. I mean, that, that riveting performance by Charlton Heston? Oh, I thought it was really good. Oh, my God. That's... Thanks. I mean, nobody can play Moses like he can. All right, can I, I'm, now when, I have to, when I die and go to heaven, and if I run into Moses, I expect Moses to be like Look like him? him? That's right. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Chuck himself is at the fucking gates <laughs> of heaven. The only, I, I know one story about him. He was in Ben-Hur. Great movie. Oh, 1959. Yeah. Won another. every Oscar in the world. It's, it's an incredible movie. There's no special effects in it. They did it all. There's like Roman gallons sinking and people, and they do these incredible chariot races, yeah. right? And they built the chariot, you know, right in California. And, and they did it in detail just like in old Rome and all this stuff. Yep, no CGI, nothing. nothing. They actually ran the races. So he, I forget who directed it, but Heston was on the set the day before he was going to do the scenes in the chariot. And they're, they're filming what they call the B-roll. 
okay? Mm-hmm. It, the chariot's racing around the, you know, and stuff. And, and he, he watches for 10 minutes, he goes to the director, he says, yeah, this is great, but I don't think I can win this thing. <laughs> <laughs> it was Cecil B. DeMille. Uh, Cecil, oh, wow. <laughs> Just what you want to say to those, him. Those huge costume yeah. epics. Yeah, right, yep. Yep, and you watch them, and you see the detail in them are just unbelievable. But he did this this numbnuts thinks that he has to actually win the race. Read the freaking script there, Chuck. Okay, you, Ben-Hur wins. I was thinking about who was doing all the stunts because there was a lot of uh, yeah. people flying off yeah, the flying chariots. Off. Yeah, getting crushed by the chariots and the yeah. horses and stuff. is really realistic. You couldn't do a movie like that these days for half a billion dollars. You know, when you really think of it, the yeah. detail they put into that. And it's about three hours long. It was. And he does see, they do have like ships sinking and incredible you know battles. It was weird. You may not believe this, but it, when when I saw it as a kid, 1959, so I was 11. That means 21. Go and uh, it was a Sunday school field trip. <laughs> We saw it at like the oh my at like God. the Saxon Theater in Boston. Yeah, oh yeah, you know, at carpeting, you know. It's, yeah, we, you know what they show we, there now. We, we had our Sunday best. <laughs> Not showing Ben Hur there now, my friend. So really, yeah, but, but there is a Catholic, yeah, there is a Christian angle to it, doesn't he? Yeah, meet there is Jesus on the cross or something at the end. Or something. Uh, there is some kind of Christian angle. Yeah, to well, it, yeah. Yeah, there it, is. Yes, so. toward the toward the end, yeah. he's being crucified oh really and, and his mother and his sister have become lepers and Ooh, somehow right. oh, yeah. that's a place that's a streak yeah. of bad luck baby you, yeah. you don't you don't see you don't it's not like that later on when they had like jeffrey hunter play, right, play jesus. uh jesus and the it, king they didn't of kings. show his face right and, yeah they would never show jesus face in the movies you know a phenomenal soundtrack as well yeah yeah, yeah. oh yeah yeah yeah, that's when they really put a, just a lot into movies now i mean talk about widescreen formatting that, yeah that's that's what uh, Panavision, right? Yeah. Wouldn't that been Panavision? That's what uh, Quentin was going after when oh, he did uh, Hateful him. Eight. Then why do you have to bring? How, how dare you bring him up in the same conversation <laughs> as Cecil DeMille? How dare you? I'm sorry. Okay, no, no more QT. Okay, Good. you promise? Yeah. Okay. So anyway, uh, so switch. So yes. you 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 um, you went to you you spoke at a conference this weekend, correct? Yes. Uh, in, in Toledo, the, new con- the uh, Toledo. Uh, Bigfoot and Paranormal Conference, right. headed by Joe and Jennifer Shortridge, who do the 222 Paranormal Podcast. Okay. Uh, brother brother and sister team, great people. And I'd like to, this was their first outing. And, you know, a lot of times conferences don't go well. I mean, yes. you know, they, they try to get people in, they get maybe 10 people. Okay. This was a really excellent turnout. They they didn't go, didn't rent a huge hall. They got a hall. They got Knights of Columbus Hall. Okay. It was just right for the venue. Yes. Had a lot of good uh, uh, tables there, uh, different uh, sellers and so forth. Okay. And they had a side room for the speakers, yes. of which I, I spoke there. Uh, Ken Gerhardt was there, okay. uh, who was a Bigfoot guy. Okay. And uh, so it was, yeah, it was, was, uh, it was full, and uh, people had a really good time. Okay. It was really well done. Uh, can we ask just, you know, what was the head count, if you're not embarrassed to tell us? I, I actually don't know. They're going right. to publish that uh, okay. uh, before too long, but it was— Were there uh, a lot of people there? You know what yes, they, it was for the for the size well of the building and for what they were aiming for. That's it good. was very good. You know what the final head count for our talk at the Exeter Festival was? I don't know, but it was a full house. Four hundred and fifty-two people. Really? Yep. That's good. Because I didn't think you could cram that many people. Well, in because that, that what facility. I noticed was there had to be at least 
30 people up in the balcony. Yeah, right. I mean, I look at halfway through, I'm going, wow, what are those people doing up there? I didn't even recognize them. And there were people sitting uh, standing up the back, yep. too. And every seat was taken. So we fooled them, as it Well, <laughs> didn't our friend uh, Valerie and the, yeah. a friend of the show tell us that it was the most, uh, well, it was, it was the better attended uh, presentation of all of them? Well. First of all, she was being right. nice to us because she was on the show. What's she going to say? You guys are <laughs> insane. And it was also after lunch. We well, I think I well, lunch. I noticed that too because I, I was in and out of some of the other presentations, and you know they they were well attended, mm-hmm. all of them. Yeah, oh, it was. Yeah, it was, they really. But you know, there were a lot of empty seats here and there. But right. Um, they really put on. A, I think our hats off. We begged them for three years to invite us, and then they finally do. And and it was really good. The Exit Festival was. was really. You know, if you're in the area next year, come and see it because everything is just. There's a right balance to it. There's a sense of humor to it, but there are people there who are very serious. But it's very serious. Yeah, yeah. It's good. It's very serious, and then you can go outside and get you know a triple UFO donut, <laughs> you know, <laughs> along with a flying saucer cup of coffee. You know. <laughs> So, uh, Switchy, so were you nervous at all talking in front of people? It wasn't too bad this time. It was – I had a a little trouble getting the – one thing you never know is when you have – I use a flash drive. Yeah. But I'm not not a PowerPoint guy, so I I normally set it up like a slideshow. I just have the images in order. And usually you just plug it into the laptop that they have there, and it's straightforward. But this was not. So – but fortunately – I've been fortunate. A couple guys – a couple times that I've done this, uh, things haven't been going well uh, you know, uh, uh, before the uh, event yes, yes. to get the, the, the pictures going. Yes. And so, uh, uh, fortunately, there was a, a guy, uh, actually, uh, uh, Scott from Ghostly Talk, another radio guy, yes, went yes. up there and he took a look at it and, and tapped a few keys and everything was good. Oh, excellent. So, you get it, yeah, you're, de- you're, you're kind of depending on someone at the other end to make the stuff. Well, work. well normally everything goes well, although <laughs> another venue I was at last, or a couple of years ago yes. had, uh, you know, you have the, the normal port for a flash drive. Yes, yes. Well, the, whatever box they had, the port was about one third too small. <laughs> so, I, I knew I was in, uh, in dire straits, but they, they, they were able to fix that too. So, what I've got to do is get my own laptop and have, a joke uh, in there somewhere. rely on my own technology. So it only had mini USB ports on it. And that's it. Yeah, that's so one, one mini. So somebody else plugged a, uh, a laptop in there. Oh. And then and then, and then I put mm. my uh, flash drive in there and something was was wrong where the uh, it was like the picture was super blown up, but only a, a, a small part of it was showing on the laptop. So okay. it, it was, mm. got to be almost four o'clock, and I thought, well, and this is one time I thought I was going to be clever. I wasn't going to use any notes. Okay. I was my images were going to drive the talk, right? Yes. But so I plan. I worked on it for that. I didn't have a cheat sheet or anything. So I thought, oh God, oh boy, and it wasn't working. And all these guys are surrounding. And then all of a sudden, somebody, somebody, probably uh, an angelic uh, uh, form from yes. the audience came out. You know how the angels appear yeah. and then disappear when you don't need them anymore? The right this button. guy came up. I didn't recognize him. And he takes one look at it and hits three keys and everything's cool. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Oh, boy. And then I never saw him again. Life I think said, he went wow. back to he could be the angel. other realms. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Maybe he got his star in heaven mm. for helping the mm. – uh, Okay. You should always have that cheat sheet. You know what I mean? Did you learn your lesson there, Switch? Oh, I did, yeah, because when I went to Van Meter, I did I did practice it with the images, but I had a cheat sheet just in case. Mm-hmm. But that one was fine. That okay. was uh, I plugged into the laptop, and even I was almost able to figure that one out. Okay. So uh, a few questions, if you don't mind. First of all, was, I don't this, mind at all. was this a paid gig? The uh, the Toledo one was, actually. Really? Yeah? Yeah. Where's that gig? 
Shouldn't we be getting eleven percent there, one one? Agents promoting him? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think so. Okay. All right, Switchy. I'm sure it's in the mail. All right. And was it did it cover your expenses? Uh actually <laughs> He's it never did. been that quiet that long after <laughs> we brought that up. Go ahead, please. It, it did actually. Okay, good. Okay, good. For now, you. now Van Meter wasn't technically paid, but uh, something I got uh, a couple free rooms out of it. Okay, because a couple. Of why, the way why, it out. why well, did the, you need more the, than one? It's hard to explore. Well, I was there. I, I went down uh, early. I was, I was there Friday night, and I stayed with some friends on Thursday night. Yes. On Friday night, I stayed with two of the authors of the Van Meter Visitor uh, book, uh, Chad Lewis and Kevin Nelson. Okay, uh, because Chad had uh, given a, a talk at a library down in Muscatine, Iowa. Okay, so we. Stayed there that night, then we drove to Van Meter the next day, which is a couple hours west of there. Wow, huh? And then uh, traditionally, uh, uh, Chad does get uh, uh, some money for the event, and he yep. shares it with with the speakers and sets us up in uh, rooms, uh, clean, comfortable rooms. Good. You know, not uh, in an old boat, well, like a 1970-style motel with no <laughs> okay. frills. Okay. Uh, but uh, that was covered as well, so I don't I don't have anything to complain about. How was it's, the uh, hotel? It's all good. How was the motel you stayed at up here? Right. We didn't hear you raving about it. Oh, I, I oh, oh, yeah, it was great. Really? Uh, yeah. Okay. It, well, I forget the name Where of the house. Stay? Just a little, uh, in Hampton. Yeah. 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 It's right, like uh, yeah, blue, it was nice. blueberry fields or something, wasn't it? Uh, some kind of <laughs> some kind of sea thing, sea blueberries or something. Uh, uh, Emerald uh, Isle or Emerald something Isle, like that. Emerald Isle. That's it, yeah. It's an Irish thing. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So, and, and were both of the uh, talks on uh, Bigfoot? Uh, no, I uh, uh, it was Bigfoot and paranormal. So now in in Van Meter, I had a I had forty five minutes, okay. and in Toledo, I had an hour, okay. and so I adjusted it for that, and I, I added some things about cryptids in the Toledo one. Okay. Uh, but my my view, of course, is uh, uh, heads more to the paranormal side, okay. and I'm always looking at patterns and parallels and yes, connections yes. in these things. So that's they were both uh, they had some similarities, but. Uh, uh, in the uh, Toledo, I added some things and left out some things that were in Van Meter. Okay. And, and uh, any groupies? Uh, well, if, if there was, they were, you know, pretty subdued and okay. didn't let on. Subtle, they okay. Probably, probably didn't want to, you know, reveal themselves. Did you take questions from the audience? Uh, I didn't have enough time. And okay. both times I, I used up my time. Oh, wow, and, huh? You know, say, okay, yeah. good. So in the Bigfoot uh, talk that you uh, however I, I might say that in both cases I got great feedback he, yeah. it's and Van Meter's a fairly small crowd and yes. uh, and and Toledo isn't a huge crowd but it was it was filled the room but I got excellent feedback people were uh, interested in what I had to say and, okay. and we had some great discussions afterwards okay good yeah that's good so in the Bigfoot one okay what's new to say about Bigfoot well I uh, uh, Ken Gerhard was uh, he's uh, has a new book out. I forget what it is, but he's a he's known as a cryptid Bigfoot researcher. Yes, and uh, I don't know that there's too much new. Let's see, my his view is uh, more flesh and blood hidden animal. I I think that there are aspects of uh, some of these cryptids that just don't uh, fit well. There's mm -hmm. just the uh, uh, I don't know how else to say it except that uh, there there seem to be paranormal overtones or things that don't fit nicely into a flesh and blood category. Well, because um, so, people don't really find their bodies, you know, Bigfoot right. or otherwise. 
Well, and there's people that believe that they have seen them vanish. They, right. Even even Ron Moorhead, who was the great uh, Bigfoot researcher out in the Sierra Nevadas, and he's the one that captured the Sierra sounds, yes. which uh, people believe are legitimate. Yes. He uh, he said he'd seen strange lights in the woods. He one time he found uh, 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 footprints that looked very real. Uh, looked legitimate out in the middle of nowhere, uh-huh. and then all of a sudden they just stop. Right. Also, he's had batteries drain and cameras and so forth mm-hmm. in proximity to Bigfoot. Oh. Is that like you do on a haunted house? Right. I, I got to, you know, I've said this before just a few weeks ago, but the, the, the Bigfoot story that convinced me, and I think a lot of it is is noise too with the Bigfoot hunters and stuff, those guys walking through. I mean, I, I just happened to catch one interview and they put out like 10 Big Macs to, to, to entice the Bigfoot to come and eat the Big Macs. <laughs> Really? And, 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 yeah, yeah, and and meanwhile, the, the big guy. Why was the Big Mac selected? I don't know. I think it's because, because the word big. In I it? think it's what the stars of the show like to eat, frankly, okay. and that's from the looks of it. But I just remember a long time ago on the, the, the Travel Channel, Discovery Channel, whatever they're doing a Bigfoot thing with this guy, and he was like one of the first Bigfoot researchers after that film came out, which still looks kind of odd to me. And he brought this like it was National Geographic. Mm-hmm. Up Washington, the you know the, the huge forest up there, yeah. and they walk for two and a half hours into the forest until right. they get to the stream, and there are what look like Bigfoot footprints. Yeah. Okay. And all they could think of is who would do this? Who, if you were hoaxing, why would you walk all the way in for two and a half freaking hours? Mosquitoes, the, the works. Okay. Right. Why would you do that if you're going to hoax it? Walk in twenty minutes and put it in a. You know what I mean? And then wouldn't you want to get credit for the hoax? Right. I get, yeah, exactly, right, Somehow. I guess, uh, fooling them, no, <laughs> knowing me. that you fooled people. So it's like, well, where did these things come from? You know, and they're fresh, they're in the stream, they're in the like the, in the mud of a stream bed. So yeah. it's got to be something. Wow, here's Bigfoot calling right now, as it turns out. <laughs> oh, yes, it is. So anyway, Switchy, so, um, you know, are they any closer to capturing it or finding its DNA or, you know, what? There, there has been, uh, and, and even that's controversial. I think it's Dr. Melba Ketchum that uh, did a lot of DNA studies and sent uh, blind samples out to different companies and so forth. And it, it seems like, uh, I'm not an expert on this, but it seems like they have found an unknown. It's like there's a, uh, it, there's a human side to it, but then there's something unknown. And, uh, but then other people will say, well, no, her evidence is tainted and so mm-hmm. forth. I tend to think that they have found something. Mm-hmm. Um, now, when, you know, what people will say, well, Bigfoot is inter- interdimensional. Right. But you have to define that term. Do, they, do you mean it's a flesh and blood creature that somehow can move elsewhere Back into forth. another dimension or whatever? Right. Or is it, as Ron Moorhead suggests, uh, through quantum mechanics, uh, something that kind of uh, phases in and phases out, right. uh, dematerializes and materializes? I mean, even the word so, interdimensional is just something we've made up. You know what yeah. I mean? We're not even sure that things can go from one dimension to the other. Right. So a lot of the physics and a lot of the math seems to be uh, pointing in in that direction. But it just seems to me that we are getting closer and closer to this idea that it's all part of the same thing. Okay, it's it, it, it in a way it just makes the most sense. And all I can think of is years and years ago I saw the great science fiction author Isaac Asimov give mm. a lecture. Okay, mm. and Someone asked him, besides you know the, uh, besides the automobile, 
besides the airplane, besides like you know the, they're asking them what's what's your favorite invention, you know, right? Besides the things that that everyone would say, okay, the airplane, the rocket ships, and he said the lightning rod, and and he says I'll tell you why. He says because before that, lightning was this unbelievable mystery. No one knew what lightning was. Okay, we're going way back to the caveman times, yeah. you know. But the Greeks kind of, you know, worshipped it, and it meant something to the Romans. It meant something to hundreds of civilizations, but right. no one knew what it was. They saw it. They knew mm-hmm. that it can be really bad. That it usually comes with thunder. It's usually pretty frightening. They, that's right. They knew it could be dangerous. Uh, yeah, especially if you don't, you know, uh, know what it is. But he said the lightning rod just proved what it is. It's 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 electricity made by the atmosphere, by different mm. temperatures in the atmosphere. And it demystified it. You know, before then, if your house got, you know, if you're in the colonial days and your house got hit by lightning, if it didn't kill you, they'd like burn you at the stake. Because, <laughs> right. you know. They think you're a witch. They think you're a witch, right. Yeah, right. Or that you were, that God, you know, his thumb has come down on you. Mm. Uh, but with this little thin metal rod, that's all it is. They proved what it is. And I think maybe... It might be the same thing as this. You know, we have all these kind of conjectures and theories and so on. You know, it's interventional, flying saucers, ghosts, this, Loch Ness. Well, we want a scientific construct you have to, to have define a sci- what it is. these phenomena, otherwise they'll drive us I crazy. I think, uh, yeah, but does, don't you think that it, instead of it being 10 different phenomena we don't understand, that it's just one? It's just one yeah, thing and, we don't understand. And it understand. goes right back to jo- what John Keel was talking about in UFO's Operation Trojan Horse in the early 70s. So it's kind of like he he led the way on this, mm-hmm. and it's taken other people a long time to get there. Right, right. And, and just, and I don't know anything about physics or quantum physics other than that the rules that apply to us in our normal, everyday physical life do not uh, they're not the same rules in quantum physics. They they do things in quantum physics that we would that that would seem magical in this world. Yeah. You know, frankly, yeah. okay. And and just the way that the whole thing is set up is that you can put your hand in that wall, and you know, it, one trillion and one trillion and one times, you're gonna stop. But in theory. One of those times, your hand will go right through the wall because the atoms just aren't in a position to stop you. Okay, mm. it's 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 theoretically mm. possible. Mm-hmm. So anything's theoretically possible, mm. you know. Because everything's in motion. Everything is in motion, but yeah. in in motion different from the motion that we that we right. look on, you know. So quantum physics, man, is really really crazy, you know. I mean, the string theory came out about twenty years ago, and even that is obsolete now. I mean, there's something to do with the way things vibrate. Not quite strings, but the way things vibrate, and it gives them. Certain characteristics. Hey, Mac, that's some kind of fun thing we can do in our spare wow, time is take a course in quantum physics. Yeah, like, let's do that. You know, we're surrounded by the, the great universities of the world. Okay, should we go down to Harvard or yeah. MIT? Yeah, MIT, I think, would be better. Spell MIT, quick. <laughs> <laughs> You're in. Does Harvard have a, key, a community college? You might want to start there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we should have brought them to Cambridge. MIT is so <laughs> Cambridge is so cool. You got Harvard and MIT, and and, and, and you got Radcliffe, Radcliffe, and the works, <laughs> oh, man. Gee. Yeah, we should. If you had come one more day, we could have went. Down. Have uh, you been to Harvard Square there, Switchy? What's that? Have you ever been to Harvard Square in Cambridge? I, I. 
Well, I, years years ago, back okay. in late sixties, I went hey. past Harvard. I don't know if I actually walked. Late sixties, you probably ran to Bob Dylan. I was well, going to say early sixties. If you can't remember, join the club, okay? Because it was wild there. <laughs> I know someone who lives there now. That she says Halloween every day. That's how she describes <laughs> it. It's just crazy. I mean, there's a lot of rich people. There's a lot of these Harvard kids walking mm-hmm. around. Uh, there's, there's a lot, lot of interesting architecture surrounding of, the campus. Crazy, too, yeah. And, yep. And it's so it's sort of cosmopolitan in one end, and then sort of still hippie beatnik in it's some still, other areas. Yeah, still definitely has that. Have they shot many? They must have shot some movies out there. Oh, yeah, love Story. Uh, location. It was Love Story oh, Yale. Right. Okay. That was, yeah, it was now have it Yale. I can't remember. I, I can just tell you this. This is the end of uh, my book, <clears throat> Beyond Area 51, on sale everywhere. Okay, there's a person in the... In the book, like the um, you know, like the Greek chorus in this book, where someone is looking over my shoulder and you know, theoretically watching everything I write and and checking it yeah. for its veracity. Well, now we can, you know, we checking can, it for its what? Its for, veracity to see if this is if really it's truthful. It's truthful or not? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, does it? Does it? From the Latin veritas, which means. Okay. Which is uh, part of the slogan for Harvard University. There you go. Wow, how to bring what it back around? You ain't kidding. Well, the person looking over my shoulder, we can now reveal the identity, was, of course, Agent X. Okay? I would, <laughs> I would send him the chapters. Agent X. Yeah, and he would read it, and he would give me his take on it, okay? <laughs> because he's, you know, in with that crowd. So He sure is. So the way we start the book is we meet in a bar, of course. It's Michael's Harborside, if you have to know. <laughs> all right. And then I go through the whole book, all these different secret uh, bases around the world and how crazy they are and how each one of them has some kind of UFO history to it, which is true, except Tonopah, as it turns out, which is even stranger. And then we end it by, we're in a bar in, in Cambridge. And my question to him is, well, look at, you know, we, we've gone through... What was it the Middle East? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> it was O'Brien. Oh, okay. All right. Right down from the Harvard theater the habits within okay. anyway so the question to him was okay now we've gone around the world all these secret bases and so on and so on, some of which he served at mm-hmm. i said but if you really wanted to hide something having to do with ufos anything crazy where would you do it and and so we walked out of o'brien's went across the street you know past the out of town news kiosk yeah and sat in harvard yard and he said here hmm that's the punchline from the book, kids. Okay. So, in other words, if anything's happening, it's, it's not, there. I hate to say it, but it's not out the Skinwalker Ranch or Roswell or any of these places. Mm-hmm. It's in Harvard. It's yeah. in MIT. It's in Oxford. Those are the people working it's on it. It's where there's a, a constant, high concentration of uh, scientific and, right. and intellectual exploration. Right. right. And people know how to keep a secret. Yeah. So, I have a question. Go ahead. Can can you reveal, Mac, your source for the not your knowledge on the M triangle? Um, two or three of them, actually. Um, there was a Russian okay. a Russian researcher who I was in touch with. His name I can't say it. It's a Russian name. Uh, 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 Nikolai Nikolai Boris Bedinov. No, I wish. <laughs> uh, Nico Nikobo Sibotin or something like Nikolai that. Nikolai Tchaikovsky. Close, but it's it's some Russian name. He's a good guy. He's okay. written a couple books about, it and he and I exchanged emails. And I also got uh, I tracked down an old People magazine because 
the punchline of that particular uh, section of Beyond Area 51 is just like really odd place out in the Ural Mountains in Russia uh, that was off limits to people during the Soviet regime, which they called the M-Triangle. But it turns out that this place, this forest, has been, you know, called haunted, enchanted, whatever, through, throughout history, yeah, mm-hmm. throughout this kind of modern history. And finally, when the Soviet Union fell, the new Russian government let scientists and journalists into this place. And some of the stories that come back, you read it, right, Switchy? Yes. I mean, you know, people go in with, with yeah. terminal diseases and they come out cured. cured yeah. uh, people go in and they just have a complete change of character and mm-hmm. change of soul and stuff. Yeah. Um, and change of skills. Change of everything. Yeah, right. So this guy, the story that we You're have. Walking out being able to play the piano or something. We, right. It's stuff like that. Right. You know, I mean, really, it is. And they've documented <clears throat> it. And, and, the, and the story that we have in the book is that this guy who was in the Russian army and got washed out of the Russian army. And I got to tell you, man. You got to be really low on the totem pole to get rushed out of the Russian army because they'll take anybody. A lot of people are there just to get fed and clothed and everything, but he gets washed out. He's in Moscow. He doesn't know what to do, and somehow he catches on as a journalist for a newspaper in Moscow, and they send him to the M Triangle. Okay, now this guy is no Einstein, let's say. Okay, I was trying to think of a Russian scientist, but he's he's no brain. But he goes in the. He's there in for three. Weeks and and People Magazine just happened to be with him, and then he goes back to Moscow and they do a follow up, and he had this sudden knowledge of astrophysics. He had this sudden knowledge wow. of astrophysics, yeah. and two years later he was a cosmonaut. I mean, <laughs> come on, man, what is going How on? How did that here? happen? They don't know. Yeah, you know, I mean, who knows? Okay, but all we know is he went to the M Triangle, and I think we end the book with saying if there's if there's heaven on earth, this place is it because so many strange things. Like the animals come right up to you; they have no fear of you. Mm-hmm. You go in the rivers, and the fish come up to you, and you feed them. And people see UFOs all the time. They see cryptids. They have these like really kind of mind altering experiences, mm-hmm. and pretty crazy place, right, Switchy? Yeah, and, and, and a little bit different than some of the other high stretch spots that yeah, we're, right. we're used to yeah. uh, reading about. Yeah, the M Triangle. There's nobody in the M Triangle that's trying to kill you. It's a, it's all sort of. Uh, it isn't all. It isn't uh, all uh, positive. Yeah, there are people yeah. who have gone in there and like, and frankly, lost their minds or mm-hmm. have you know panic attacks and stuff like that, anxiety attacks, but. There's just like strange things. Like they'll be camped out in the woods and they'll hear traffic. You know, traffic going by. You know. Um, there's a place called the phone booth where you can't. There's no telephone coverage anywhere in there except this like square mm-hmm. yard. The hot spot. If you stand in that, you can make a cell phone call to anywhere in the world. You know, and a lot of people say that it used to be a military stuff. The KGB keeps an, keep, used to keep an eye on it. Now the National Security Board, whatever the new KGB is, you know, they keep an eye on who goes in, who goes out. I think I heard they were restricting people lately. Mm. So who knows? The M Triangle and the Urals. You know, beyond area 51. Is there any good bed and breakfast to stay there? I'm sure there is. <laughs> yes. I'm it sure sounds, there is. It sounds yeah. like a good place I'd like to visit. And I'm sure that Bush is on the menu <laughs> in vodka. Anyway, wow, switchy. So um, anything else to report? I mean, what was more fun, the uh, the Bigfoot one or the Van Meter one? Uh, well, uh, the Van Meter one because I uh, – I, I, you know, I, I got together with some people before and after, and uh, uh, you know, it was a more of a road trip. So, uh, okay. not so that you, Toledo wasn't fun. It's just there was a lot more going on, a lot more to do. So you stayed over at these these this guy's house, the writer's house. 
No, it, we uh, they, we got a room okay, uh, got in uh, Mascotine. Okay. After uh-huh. after his uh, talk. Then you party and, it up. You know, what do you do? What do you do? How do you how do you how do you uh, un- unwind after the big presentation? Well, we we just. Uh, uh, we'd already eaten dinner or whatever, so we just talked about all kinds of, uh, you know, we, we got into total heaviosity, man, paranormal really? stuff and so okay. forth. Oh, wow. hmm. And and they have just uh, published another book. There, it's actually three guys, includes Noah Voss. Okay. And their their, their their book a few years ago was the Van Meter Visitor. Yes. Uh, about this winged creature in uh, in back in uh, 1903, yes, yes. Uh, west of Des Moines, and uh, they even uh, Brad Steiger had written the foreword for them. Okay. And uh, and then they have a more recent book called The Big Muddy Monster, which Ooh. talks about a Bigfoot-like creature in uh, southern Illinois. Wow, huh? Okay. All right. That's good. I mean, uh, you know, a lot of these things are walking around out there apparently, right? So, yeah, they're, they're really good guys. And uh, I got to meet the third author. Noah Voss was there. He usually isn't there. Mm-hmm. And we had uh, – uh, there were just some great speakers there. Was uh, There was a young lady uh, that uh, – it was a director of Wisconsin MUFON for a while, yes. and also an investigator. Yes, and yes. Uh, she spoke on on light ball and orb phenomena, that kind of thing. Okay. And uh, uh, she uh, uh, she was just really good. Good, good. Well, you know what's funny is that this was supposed to be a three minute opening one one. <laughs> we are now coming uh, really? up to forty six minutes. Yeah. <laughs> So that's good. So why don't we do this? We haven't taken a break for in a while. So um, switch day we are, and um, we'll take a, a commercial break. Now you're listening to Mac Maloney's Military Express Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Switch is going to stay with us, and if if everything is right with if the, the ocean, stay aligned, then we will have uh, ten questions coming up uh, later on. So Good you're listening right. to Mac Maloney's Military Express Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. We'll be right back after this. The wait is over. The forces of freedom are on the rise again. Enemies of America, it's time to look up and see what's flying overhead. Because Hawk Hunter, the wingman, is back. In the Odessa Raid, Mac Maloney's latest installment in the Wingman series, Hawk Hunter leads a 10,000-mile transglobal air raid against a secret Arctic base belonging to his archenemy, Russian super spy, Viktor Robotov. The world's worst villain barely escapes with his life, and Hunter vows to track him down again. But suddenly, the wingman is needed elsewhere. Hawk must help a small colony of war survivors fight off a Russian invasion. Then he's pressed to search for a Canadian warship lost in the Bermuda Triangle. But when Hawk attempts to free an American spy from a Russian prison, he suddenly finds a chance to fulfill his original mission. Follow all the high-flying action and intrigue in the latest addition to Mac's best-selling Wingman series. That's Wingman 19, The Odessa Raid, available at your local bookstore and on Amazon.com. Hi, I'm Sean Connery, and when I'm in New England, I listen to the Mac Maloney Military X-Files show on Distant Thunder Radio Network, and I get my fashion sense from Juan Juan. Welcome back, everyone, to Mac Maloney's Military X-Files show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Hey, this is Mac Maloney. What a show. 
we have going on for you tonight. But uh, girls, first of all, the very famous Juan Juan is Hello, here. Hello, Mac. How's it going? Hello, girls. <laughs> Everything's good. We're Coco Free tonight, but uh, Switchblade Steve is on the phone with us. And I'm glad to be here and beyond wonderful. Okay. And also, the highlight of the show, as it turns out, the ratings prove it. That's right. Our good friend Megan Ragan from the Stabby Gallery is on the line Hi, with Megan. us. Good afternoon. Hello, everybody. Hello. A round of applause. Okay. Um, well, we hate to do this uh, uh, to you, but we're actually... We do hate to do it. Yeah, we do. We're actually switching it around a little bit. Uh, no pun intended. And tonight we're actually doing, Megan, 10 questions for Megan Ragan. How about that? Hello? Uh-oh. Hi, Megan. Am I? Am, wait, am I supposed to say something? <laughs> <laughs> and that was it, yeah. Okay, so forget the questions that we sent you. Switch actually has 10 questions for Megan Ragan. Okay? Yeah. Okay with you? Okay. 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 Yeah, totally. Okay. It's fine. Uh, we, can, we can edit that. Wow. We, oh. Oh, I paused for a moment. <laughs> we, please. Two, two, Do they have two a de- slices of dead air. Yeah. Did they have a defibrillator here? <laughs> the speed have one to get my, me my, my, my heart going again? My Fitbit went into an alert and oh. said, uh, okay, here we go. Heart rate. <laughs> See, Mac, I'm not heart the only guy danger. that creates dead air. Okay. <laughs> the, thank you, Switchy. Okay, so here we Are go. We okay. Uh, we should just say Megan Reagan is a good friend from the Starboard Galley, where mm-hmm. she is the uh, head bartender. Head bartender. And uh, Starboard Galley is 55 Water Street in Newport. Summer, winter, fall, spring. Just go down there for great seafood. Awesome Pass food, by all awesome the goofy f- restaurants in Newport. Right. Get down the Starboard Galley parking. Where back. the real people meet to eat. Yeah, and it's good. The, sea- the food's good, and it's been like that for you know, 30, 40 years. So what more do you want, right? Yeah. Uh, okay, so Switchy is actually going to be asking the questions tonight. So this is the first and maybe the last ever 10 questions for Megan Reagan. Okay, you ready there, Switchy? I'm ready. Okay. Uh, talk up just a little bit, switching, please. Question number 10. Number 10. Megan, what is the worst present you've ever received? What's the worst present you've ever got? Um, you know... Probably something for Christmas from one of my aunts and uncles back in the day. Okay. Yeah. But I can't think. Like like <laughs> a rug specific. or something? And then I'd give me a rug <laughs> once. I'm like eight years old. They got you a sweater. really you? stupid. Okay. Uh, question number nine, please. Questions for Megan Reagan tonight. Go ahead, switch. Have you ever broken up a bar fight? Have you ever broken up a bar <laughs> fight? No, definitely not. I would no. encourage it because it would be entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> there a different take on it. Okay. Uh, question. <laughs> More bar fights. Go. Wow. <laughs> question number eight, please. Switch. Why do you hate water, and does that include ice cubes? Now, you hate water. I know that because you told me that once. Does that incu- include ice cubes? No, I like ice cubes. I like my beverages cold. Okay. okay. All right. Okay. Plus, ice cubes can be fun. So, so, but you don't like drinking water, right? No, I hate drinking water. Why? Why? Why is that? I'm just curious. I really hate the taste of it. Does water have taste? Uh, <laughs> sure, depends. Does, uh, depends I, on what you. I have well water. I love my water. Oh, really? Yeah. So okay. I, I dump out the the bottled water and pour in my well water. Do you really? Yeah, yeah. Why do you buy the bottled water then? Uh, because if I drop them, they don't break. Yeah. But uh, next question, please switch. This is number seven. 
if a sad old man walks into the bar and orders a chocolate martini with extra chocolate, do you ever try to talk him out of it, or do you just make it for him? I definitely just make it for oh, him. Oh, there you go. See? Yeah, she knows. Good one. Number Good. six. Okay, wow. Oof, uh, we'll put in some laughter. Go ahead, please switch. Uh, number six. Do you get along with other redheads? Do you get along with other redheads? No, actually, I don't. Most redheads are annoying. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Switch, how was that question originally written? Uh, The the other question was something like, do you get along with other moody redheads? Oh, moody redheads. (laughs) We don't know know who wrote that that line, and we had to edit it. That's the staff. We were trying to track that down. Next question, please. I'm pretty moody. Number five. How many times a day are you mistaken for Nicole Kidman? How many times a day mm. do people say, mm. hello, Nicole? You know, I've been told twice in my lifetime that I sort of slightly resemble her, but that's it, and I don't, and I think they were just trying to hit on me. <laughs> How dare they? Wow. Wow. I, 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 do you agree with me? Don't you think she uh, yeah. looks a lot like yeah, Nicole? Yeah, I do. Yeah. All right. Well, they probably were trying to hit on you, but it's true nevertheless. <laughs> uh, next question, please. Um, Number four. What city has the highest quota of jerks, New York or L.A.? Probably Massachusetts. Oh. <laughs> that hurt. And I've lived in, that hurt. in all three places. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> There's more jerks in Massachusetts than L.A.? Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, Question number three. If you won an Oscar for Best Actress, would you cry during your acceptance speech, and would you mention us? (laughs) Um, I would probably be screaming, and I would mention everyone that I am associated with, just because there's not that many people. (laughs) So everyone's gonna get a shout out. <laughs> would you, Yay, would you, you cry? <laughs> no. No. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. See what happens. Right. She deserves it. Next question, please. Switching. Number two. How long have you dreamed about becoming a big radio star? <laughs> <laughs> um. You know, I don't think that has been one of my dreams. Oh. Wow. <laughs> but you see how she's picking her <laughs> words very carefully. <laughs> <laughs> but it would be really cool if that did happen. See? Wow. I, I knew it. If it could happen. Okay. All right. It's always good. It. Keep your eyes on the stars. Uh, next question, please. Uh, this is number one, and it is the last question, and please listen carefully. You're on a lifeboat with Mac, Juan Juan, your boss David, the crazy tattooed guy who always stares at you at the bar, <laughs> Donna, and your dog Sophie. There's only food for two. Who do you keep on board? <laughs> I'm gonna plead the fifth. <laughs> wow. That's a that's a lot of people. I'll take care of your dog if that helps. Do you want us to repeat the question? or? Oh, no, I heard the question. Okay, all right. I'm okay. just going to... She's just refusing to answer. I'm going to my response to myself. Okay, okay, good for you. 
<laughs> well, thank you. Well, there we go. Ten questions Where's, from Meg and Reagan. Wait a minute. What was their answer? She's keeping it to herself. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so. But we'll applaud you anyway. I, I, I was wondering how the crazy tattoo guy was, was going to rate, but... Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. She's used to it. Wait, do I know who that is? No, we just made him up. Or is it just some... Oh, <laughs> it's, okay. it's, it's I was going to be like, wait, I don't know any... It's a compilation <laughs> no, of people. Say, I don't have any tattoos. Yeah, okay. Uh, thank you, Megan Reagan. Thanks, Megan. Good job. Uh, for, uh, yeah, for putting up with us again. And we'll talk to you real soon, okay? Cool. Thank okay, you. please, sure. one more time. All we right. have to. Thank you, Megan. Thanks, Megan. Talk to you soon. Aww. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. Well, there you go. Bye. So Goodbye. Bye, Megan. That went... It went well. It went well. It went better than yeah. we thought it was going to go 10 minutes ago. So why don't we do this? Why don't we wait, take... Okay, wait. So. Why, did, why didn't you think it was going to go well? Well, well, we had a. We we, did, we weren't sure, sure if it was if the uh, big surprise, the big reveal, right, was going to be like what? Some people don't like surprises. I mm. think is what yeah. it, it boiled down to. Oh, I can. Mm. Oh, oh no. That's all. Okay. So, so we're obviously relieved, right? But we weren't. <laughs> but we weren't surprised. We weren't surprised. And I was surprised. I was doing the ten questions. Yeah, well, that's, that's, that's probably surprised. <laughs> and now, when I sent and you, I the, didn't see any of the ten questions. When I sent you the ten questions this afternoon for one one, did you read any of them? No, because you didn't. You tell me like in the past not to. Right. Do you have them? Close? So I don't even. Yeah, I have them. Uh, just just read the first one if you don't mind. Okay. <laughs> Let me unlock my phone. number ten. Um, let's see. Okay. A train leaves Boston at 12.15 p.m. Another train leaves Chicago at 1.45 p.m. They are both going to Los Angeles at 60 miles per hour. Which train arrives first? Come on. Which one arrives first, Did Uh The Chicago train. It's closer. It really it's closer. Exactly. <laughs> just, for, well, just for the heck of it, could you read the ni- number nine? One... Square has an area of six square yards, and another square has an area of 216 square yards. How many yards of fencing would be needed to completely enclose each square separately? That just gave me a headache. <laughs> <laughs> Not the only one, believe me. Yeah, why don't you get down to like? Well, I'd have to add up all the the linear footage of the. Uh Four it's, sides it's of that area. Twelve hundred and sixty square feet. That, that sounds like a stupid aptitude question. Can you go to like maybe just stupid question five test. or so? <laughs> question five. Question five. Oh, okay. okay. Um, how many ounces of bourbon go into a typical bar drink? There you go. There's a little mm. math for you. Mm. Uh, a typical bar drink? Yeah, it's a it's a shot glass, yeah. whatever that yeah. is. What's that? One. One. One ounce? Okay. I don't know. Uh, next question, just uh, two more maybe for the hot Is that the right thing. answer? Or who, who knows? No. no. What is the tipping <laughs> percentage in France? <laughs> What's the tipping percentage in France? Uh, hmm. 30%. They should give you money from what I hear. Right? No. It's not 30%, does it? I, I mean, know. I don't think they tip in France. I don't think they do oh, either. they don't? No. No. Oh, and you know, I think it's insulting. Yeah, if really? you, yeah, right, yeah, exactly, it's insulting. 
you know, and they also sit you down with other people at dinner tables. You know that when you went to some of the restaurants there, it, it, they make it kind I think of that's pretty cool community. Yeah, but yeah, you know, you know, Megan, I like that too. Remember uh, Durkin Park was like, yeah, that. yeah, not in Boston. Yeah, right. But suppose if they, I don't it, want to talk to the people that I'm going with. <laughs> okay, wow! How much time do we there have? There you go. <laughs> what, what was the final? What was the last question, there, Megan? The last question: um, When is the last time you used algebra? Really? I mean, really? When's the last time you used it? 1967. When did you get out of high school? Yeah, when I was yeah, in college. Okay, yeah, me too. I'm gonna start stop using it a few years before I graduate. <laughs> Thank you, Megan Reagan, for joining us. It's a uh, pleasure as always. Thank you for having me. You're, you're, okay. a, great, you're a good sport. Okay. All right. And we're going to clap for the sixth time. Oh, boy. Stand, standing O this time. Thanks, Megan. We'll talk to you very soon. Thank you, Megan. Okay. Good night, Megan. Okay, cool. All right. Bye, guys. You're okay, sweet. Megan Reagan. Bye. Um, so you're listening to Mac Maloney's Track Style Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. We'll be right back after this. UFOs are found in Renaissance art on ancient coins and etched on cave walls. They're even reported in the Bible. But more surprising is when UFOs are seen the most in times of war. Through centuries, thousands of UFO sightings have been made by high-ranking officials, military pilots, and ordinary soldiers. Often, these fantastic appearances occur at the height of great battles. From World War I to D-Day to Korea, Vietnam, and beyond, military investigators are baffled. Why do UFO sightings spike so drastically during wartime? Could it be mistaken aircraft or is someone or something looking in on us? In UFOs in wartime, what they didn't want you to know, Mac Maloney chronicles centuries of these incredible sightings and tries to solve the puzzle of why so many UFOs are seen while humanity is at war. Read about the scare ships, the ghost planes and the ghost rockets alien giants in the jungles of Vietnam, UFOs controlling our ICBM bases, dogfights with flying saucers during the Gulf War, and more. 300 pages of unbelievable stories, along with many startling photographs. That's UFOs in Wartime, What They Didn't Want You to Know, by Mac Maloney, on sale at your local bookstore or on Amazon.com. Hi, I'm Christopher Walken, and you're listening to the Mac Maloney Military X-Files show on Distant Thunder Radio Network. Well, welcome back, everyone, to Mac Maloney's Military X-Files show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Wow, what a show we have tonight. Um, first of all, girls, if you haven't been warned already, the very famous Juan Juan is here. Hello, Mac. How are you? Hello, girls. Having a good time so far? Are you asking me? Or? Yeah, okay. I am. Yeah, okay. We're really getting in depth tonight. You think so? Yeah. How so? We really have our skirts up, I would even say, <laughs> on <laughs> some of the content. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, listen. I just want to say one thing. Oh, uh, boy. I don't know where that came from. This is kind of bugging me today. What? <clears throat> we never get political on this show. Ever. Okay. 
Okay, what do you mean? What, you're giving me a signal, what? Can you give me a cut signal? Um, did we forget about Switch? Oh, I'm sorry. Switch, are you there? You uh, I'm, I'm here. You, you were saying we never get political? He might not want to be with us after this. <laughs> Switch is up in the Battle Creek of the Republic, Battle Creek, Michigan. Is there an anthem for you guys or what? My national correspondent. Oh, you should write an anthem. Oh, you know, we're going to use your friend's uh, music. What's your name, your friend there, who did that? Uh, Brian Zeller. Yeah, Brian. He, yeah, he's uh, made some like kind of bumper music for us, like really kind of strange out of space stuff. Yeah, all of it is really good, and um, so we're gonna the, the show's gonna sound a little bit different in about mm. two weeks or mm. so. It'll be cool. Yeah, yeah. He really knows what he's doing. Where is he down in Nashville? Uh, he's south of Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good, good friend. Good guy. Is he is he a is he a country player or is he just an overall all around musician? Uh, mostly he does uh, stuff closer to country, but he's he's pretty versatile. He is, is uh, likes to experiment and, and do mm-hmm. other things, so he's pretty talented. Okay. And what's his name again? Because people should kind of Google him uh, something because he's Ryan really good. Ryan Zeller. Z e l l e r. Z e l l e r. Yeah, it's really cool. It's it's almost like you can just sit and listen to the music itself. It it it's not like bumper music, you know. It's just very kind of. It's like new age stuff. Not new age, well, but it's so, sort of. It's more like soundscape. Yeah, or like sound sound. atmosphere. Okay. I, I okay. guess you call it. Yeah, it's really good. This is Sirius XM Channel sixty eight <clears throat> right. Spa. Okay, so this bugs me. Yeah, exactly. Listen to Spa. This bugged me today. But don't uh, drive. You know. Heavy machinery while listening right, to Spock. Exactly. Do, do you know on on on, on Sirius XM at channel one hundred and five is the Johnny Carson channel? No, oh, is I it didn't. really? Yeah, it, it it runs all. Yeah, just it uh, runs the whole show. You know, just go anywhere from seventies, eighties, uh, yep. uh, probably sixties, and uh, you get his opening monologue and the uh, the bits he would do and the guests, and it's yep. really great. Some of those are really and, inter- funny. and introducing the band leader who was uh, who's Doc Severson. Doc Severson. Yep. Yeah. Um, you watch some of those old shows on YouTube, and right. and, and you know this isn't. It, it's kind of like you don't want to be a fossil, but it, it, things were just funnier back then. I'm sorry, you know. And and it wasn't the jokes weren't funny. Mm-hmm. A lot of the jokes weren't funny, but it was the people, yeah. it was the personality, the whole ensemble. People, you know, I mean, Bob Hope never told the joke that I laughed at. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? But it was he yeah, was, was Bob, a, he was Bob it, Hope. Yeah. You know. Johnny Carson's the same. Johnny Carson was funniest. Jack Benny was uh, about some of the characters that are with him. Well, th- th- Jack Benny is the he's the perfect example. Mm-hmm. Is that he's funny when the joke bombs, yeah, and that's right. how Johnny Carson <laughs> was. Johnny Carson right. was at his funniest when the joke would bomb. You know, because right. he'd like play like you know, he'd do a dance or something. Or he'd hit the microphone. Hey, <laughs> is this on? Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they'd play that music like T for two and two. Yeah, for two yeah, in yeah. The and he'd do a little, he'd do a little yeah. shuffle up there. Yeah. yeah. And it was just that was funny. You Ed know? McMahon was from Lowell. It, it was from Lowell. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Drank his way across the country. <laughs> it did. But, but he would get people on like Jonathan Winters and you know, uh, Robin Williams and sometimes crazy. both those guys together, and it was crazy. Yep, just crazy. And it would be and it'd be funny, you know. And he'd get some of those like Rad Pack guys on, and it'd be it would be funny. It's like mm-hmm. old school funny, I get, yeah. you know. But it's just like the personalities were just different. Who measures up now in the late? I watch some I of these late night. I don't talk watch shows. any of them. I, don't I, watch I try and give him a, give him a shot, and I just uh, other than Jimmy Fallon, yeah, I'm just not uh, barely, yeah. This Jimmy I used to Kim- watch Craig Ferguson. Yeah, he was all right. Ago. He was kind of funny. Yeah, this guy Jimmy Kimmel, mm, you know, Jimmy. yeah, you know, we know some people who work for the same network. Yeah, ticking time bomb. And uh, I will be listening to. Uh, is it James Corden, the uh, British guy? Yeah, you know. He'll, he'll have the Hollywood vampires on again on uh, right. 
uh, Halloween night. He gets a lot of good guests, but he's I not like funny. The Hollywood vampires. He's not funny. None of those British guys are funny. Switch, you know the Hollywood vampires, right? I don't. Okay, check them out. It's Joe uh, Perry of Aerosmith, yeah. Alice Cooper of Alice Cooper, Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp. On, on guitar. Yeah. The guy can play. Um, who's the other guy? Who's and the bass player? Joe Perry. Did we say Joe Perry? Yeah, Joe Perry from Aerosmith. Who's yeah. the, is the bass player and the bass player? The uh, Guns bass Roses player, thing? yeah, yeah. And who's the drummer? The drummer's from, I don't know, Motley Crue or something. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's like you go to see them for fun. They're, they're pretty good, though. Johnny Depp can play the guitar, mm-hmm. which is very strange. You know, he's he's a lot better than you think that he would be. On both shows, Kimmel and the Corden, they did uh, that David Bowie song, Heroes. Oh, yeah. And Johnny Depp does the vocal for the whole thing. Oh, yeah, he sings it, huh? <laughs> Not How's too bad. Know? Really, yeah? Yeah. Does he still look like he's a mess? He looks kind like he's uh, just came off the set of Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, oh, really? He's still in different. Yeah. Yeah. Ever see his uh, because, ex-girlfriend, ex-wife? Yeah. Amber, Amber Heard? Yeah. Ever see her switching? Yes. Boy, yeah. what okay. happened there? Well, I don't know, but you can see how he might be a little depressed after leaving her. Hmm. I would be, too. What's wrong with these people? She sounded like she was a lot of fun. What is, you know, what's wrong with these people? They they have it all. Okay, you get everybody has an ego, right? Everybody's you know screwed up in some way. But. She she used to hit the both fields and send him videotapes. Oh, you see what I mean? Can you read between the lines there? I didn't know that. Yes, it takes a lot to give something like that up there, my friend. Boy. Anyway, yeah. So Johnny, huh? Johnny's good. Yeah, he. Blew I think th- he's a rocker. Yeah, that's what I mean. He's he's not you know, he can he can actually play, yeah, you know. He can actually play, yeah. I think he was in a band when he was discovered, so anyway. Listen, I gotta say this. What? <clears throat> we don't get political, maybe I'll cut it out. I saw something today, man. I I, I just can't not let it go. All What's right. That? Um this isn't politics. This is this is something else. All right. Do you have any idea that, that what People from overseas, when they see the American flag, what it what it means? Mm, only because uh, I think I think no, because to them the flag is sort of like uh, more of a militaristic thing okay. these days. Yeah. In World War Two, just take World War Two for an example. When 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 you saw the American flag come over the hill, you yeah. you dropped to your knees and you thank God because right. you were saved. Yeah, we saved you. That's right. It's like the Cavalry. It's a oh, it's when the it Cavalry. Went up, when it went up in Iwo Jima. Right. Exactly. It's the Cavalry. We're the ones who go and get you. Right. Okay. Anytime there's a tsunami, anytime there's something, who's who's always the first one That's there? Right. Always. Yeah. Always. How do you think the Kurds felt today? How do you think they feel about that flag? They think it sucks. Hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay, that's our political statement. Right. So, Switchy, you still there? I'm here. Okay. I see uh, Switchy as an Elizabeth Warren voter. What do you say? So now the, oh. Rus- now the Russians <laughs> took <laughs> our place over Yeah, all right, well, yeah. Okay, I'm going right. to find myself another show. I'm there you go. <laughs> okay, goodbye, Switch. Okay. So, sure. anyway. Uh, that's the anti. Oh, I shouldn't say it. No. I was going to say that's something. A, that, that's it for our uh, political <coughs> segment. Right, exactly. <clears throat> so, Switchy, you have a segment having to do with the military, UFOs, and some kind of healings, right? Well, uh, uh, partially military, but there's a, uh, a book out by Preston Dennett that uh, talks about uh, 
it gives about 300 different examples of people that were healed in close proximity to UFOs or UFO beings or whatever. And I've heard about this for, for years, that sometimes people will have a close encounter and, you know, sometimes the experience is very negative. I mean, we've heard about some of these abduction experiences that uh, don't right. go terribly well and they aren't memorable for a good reason. Uh, but but have been times when – you know how the lines seem to blur? We, we talk about uh, UFO pilots and, and sometimes they seem more like fairies or leprechauns. Yes. Uh, but sometimes the, the men in black even – seem to act in an angelic fashion rather than threatening mm. UFO witnesses. Okay. I mean, you just can't count on the facade or the appearance, even in the paranormal. You okay, mean they're not Hollywood this, scary enough? Is that it? <clears throat> well, it's just that sometimes uh, that the claims are that uh, these beings have come to people and healed them of their okay. ailments or whatever. All right. Okay. So if this, is, this takes place, this is uh, in Russia in 1990. Okay. And this, uh, I'm gonna gonna stumble over these names a little bit. Mr. Uh, Moskalenko of Moscow. Yes. Okay. He was a former military officer. Okay. But well, he's walking along with uh, Major Oleg Belomastrov. Oh, sure. Okay. Him. Yep. Sounds like it sounds like you know you'd have beefaroni, Belomastrov, <laughs> and maybe with and then fell down some stairs. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Sorry. So one evening they're walking. He's walking with his friend. Now this guy has, uh, is in the in the past he's actually had a some kind of a close encounter with a UFO, but I don't have any details on it. I've got a source where I can possibly find that. But ever since then he's had some problems with uh, uh, having hallucinations and so forth. Yeah. Well, well, he's walking along right now at this point, and he he's hit by uh, by some kind of an invisible force from the back. <laughs> it actually knocks him down and throws him off the road. Okay, mm -hmm. his leg is badly injured and starts to swell, and he becomes uh, very disoriented. And he's again, he gets uh, sort of mentally befuddled. And this isn't the first time because he's had some other encounter. Uh, uh, Belomostrov, then he uh, uh, he helps him toward home, and then all of a sudden, there, excuse me, they okay. encounter a short, thin man. Yes. He's in, he's in black clothing. Sounds like shades of men in black. Yes. This guy approaches him. He's kind of disheveled, uh, unkempt, and uh, 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 Moskalenko is, is in pain. And like I say, from, from being hit in his leg, like I say, it's all getting all swelled up. And uh, uh, he's, uh, again, now he starts seeing uh, apparitions. And so it's bad enough that he's he's hurting, but he's he's disoriented. He he's not really seeing things clearly. Yes. Uh, so, what happens is that uh, the stranger communicates with him. Yes. To Moskalenko. Just, just call him Bob. Using, just call him just call him Mossy. Uh, uh, Mossy. Uh, Mossy okay. is good. Bob using telepathy. <laughs> Okay. And uh, his his friend there doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't hear anything. He doesn't know who this guy. He thinks this guy is some kind of creep. So he's yelling. Yes. But this guy, the the MIB or whatever he is, tells Bob that there that there could be another energized strike against him. Yes. Like the one he had just experienced. What are they picking on they, him for? I, we we have no idea. Okay. I mean, it's just out of the clear blue. They don't see any lights or anything like that. So this guy bends down. He touches his leg, and he feels Bob feels heat. Yes. At, at first, mm. but then all the pain is gone. Yes. 
so he's he's Amazing. completely uh, completely healed by, and nobody knows why this mysterious blast came out. But here's this uh, that's a situation where I have another another lady at uh, at Michigan Mufon told me about a uh, encounter she had with Men in Black that was very positive and almost like an angelic situation. Mm. I don't know if you want me to go into that now or go into sure. another uh, healing case. Yeah. Okay. Well, she was. Uh, she and her husband were uh, married in the 1960s, and they were in the Vegas area, and they were hitchhiking, uh, you know, on a budget, and a black car pulled up, mm-hmm. and inside are two men dressed in. Oh, by the way, uh, okay, I've got that's another one. Never mind. I got confused for a minute. Okay, these men. I asked her. I said, "Well, what kind of car was it?" Wondering if it was a black Cadillac, because you know we associate that with the men in black. Sure. And she said she didn't really know the make, and she also told me that the these men looked fairly normal. Now, sometimes men in black encounters, they look a bit, you know, people will be a little unsophisticated with the way they describe them. They'll say, well, and, and not very politically correct, they'll say, well, they look kind of foreign or they may had a bit of an Asian countenance, but they weren't Asian. But these guys looked, in quotes, normal. But they've got the black suits, they've got the black fedora. Now, so they're, they're taking them on their way and she volunteered some information that was interesting. She said that the the uh, the dashboard was all lit up like it had all kinds of controls on it. And I didn't prompt her on that at all. There's maybe two cases that I've ever come across in all the MIB literature where people claim that they've seen something like that in these cars. Okay. So they, they go along their way. They get to the point where they want to be let out. And one of the men turns around and looks at them and says, you know, we think you should wait a little bit longer. And then they both fell asleep. Oh. Okay, so some unspecified amount of time later, they both woke up, and they got out of the car, and they thanked the men. And it was later on, they put it together like, why didn't we realize how strange all this was at the time? But they just kind of went along with it. So then they went, uh, they found a small motel, and they walked in, and the guy behind the counter just about fell over, He and he said, thank God you guys didn't get here any earlier. And she said, well, why? What, what was the matter? And it turned out there was another couple that did not look exactly like them, but they were dressed kind of the same. And mm-hmm. if an APB had been put out, they could have easily been mistaken for them. Uh, they had robbed a, a store, but they had been apprehended. So if they, if they had gotten there a little bit earlier, there was a chance that they may have been picked up for the crime oh, when man. they weren't involved. Okay, so I, I you wow. know, she, a very sincere lady, uh, she did, did not seem to be familiar with the literature, like John Keel, Gray Barker were the ones that early on wrote about Men in Black, and then later on, uh, Jenny Randall's Nick Redfern, and so forth. So it's really, it's strange when normally we think of the, uh, the evil, rotten, sneaky Men in Black as, uh, you know, uh, harassing UFO witnesses. But uh, sometimes, you know, we've all heard stories of angelic intervention, right, where a group of people or an individual, they're in dire straits, and some stranger comes along, helps them out of their trouble, and then when everything's okay, they can't find that or person Or a dragonfly anymore. lands near them, which is uh, often, often interpreted as uh, an angel. So can I answer your question there, Switchy, about all this? Yes, you may. It, this has to do with, with with the fashion statement that the men in black are trying to make. Have we talked about this before? I don't know. So who's their clothier? What is, well, what is that about? The fedora. Now, now, now take it from their point of view. Okay. Okay. Now they're 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 either aliens 
or their Elliot Ness lookalikes, government agents, right? Well, but the vast majority of the time, the people see them, they're either in ill-fitting clothes mm-hmm. or they're in clothes that don't match the times. Is that right, Switch? That, that's that's true. But also, they're not always in black garb. Sometimes really? they're dressed as an Air Force person, okay. but maybe their their rank is wrong or something like okay. that. There's something incorrect about the uniform. Okay, so mm-hmm. they're, they're trying to impersonate somebody, right? <clears throat> right. So now we have to assume, let's say that they're extraterrestrials. Okay. We have to assume that they're more intelligent than we are ever, right? Right. All right, well then... Uh, That's our assumption anyway. Right. Based but, on what? Past on the fact, well, on the fact that, they, that they're here from another planet. Yeah. You know, so they have to be of a higher intelligence. Than they have to be smarter to be on another right. planet. Or they're here from somewhere else. <clears throat> or if there's some kind of real agent for the government, for, for both cases, why don't they work more on the disguise? You know what I mean? Right. You know, if you if you're a if, very super smart, scary smart alien, when you when you dress in the fashion of the day, when you dress in a way that that the person that you are trying to scare isn't going to laugh at the fact that you have white socks right. with a black it, it, suit. Or that's something. right. The the, the garb Maybe. is ruining their street cred. Right. In a yeah. way, Maybe that's it's scarier that they're they sort of don't fit in. I know. Well, aren't they? But aren't they a lot of times described? I don't want to say comically dressed, but just kind of like very unusually quirkily dressed. Uh, well, you like sometimes they talk about the cadaver type, where the clothes seem cadaver. to hang on them, there you go. or they're, 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 they're like sometimes their 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 suits are out of uh, out of fashion. Out of fashion. But yeah. it, but but see, when you talked about possibly government or ET, there's another possibility that people look at. When you go back into the literature about when witches would con- cons- consult with demons, consort yes. with demons, yes, yes. Uh, some of the – it's interesting. Uh, what is it? Nicholas Flamel, who was a, uh, a witch hunter, they uh, – uh, and not a nice guy. Uh, he uh, – when they would describe these, these, uh, <clears throat> these beings that they would, uh, would uh, connect with – uh, they a lot of them were looked like modern day men in black. They were dressed in black suits, wore hats, and so forth. And so the whatever this is, the man in black phenomena seems to go back a ways. And uh, even John Keel thought perhaps some of these things weren't actually that they might have been uh, illusory, not not hallucinations, mm-hmm. but they were they weren't actually real. People weren't having real physical contact with physical people. Right. There was some other other element there where uh, I don't know if you want to call that a projection or uh, if they were temporarily entranced or something like that. Yes, yes. Uh, Keel Keel talked a lot about the strange maneuvering lights and how you go through the ages and sometimes they were considered dragons they yep. called them dragon tracks yep. or or witches were carrying their lanterns <clears throat> on their brooms or whatever or you had the foo fighters right. but he <clears throat> thought that perhaps the only for a while i mean his thinking wasn't static but he thought perhaps the only reality were these strange meandering lights and that when we would see one that we would perhaps be programmed to see something else, see something a man else, in black, yeah. a right. creature, a UFO, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it that is like kind of like the one constant, would you say? You know, through the yes. years. Yeah, he he would call it. He thought that the uh, the things that he that that uh, he 
that we claim to be the hard sidings, like a metallic craft right. or a flesh and blood creature, may not be, may just be a facade. And mm -hmm. he said he was more interested in the cosmic mechanism behind these things. Right. Well, like we were saying earlier, you know, that, that uh, Isaac Asimov said that his favorite invention was the lightning rod because what it did was it was just a simple piece of metal, but it demystified what before everyone was convinced it was like some kind of demon thing or something from God or it was a mm. message from God or a message mm. from on high. Yeah. It was frightening and so on and so right. forth. But but they demystified it. So maybe someday because, because – We'll have other lightning rods that will help <clears throat> to, another demystify lightning what we're studying. You know, we have all, before the lightning rod was invented, there was all these kind of theories and myths of what lightning really was. Well, now we know what it is. So maybe it's the same thing. We can sit here and, you know, till doomsday saying, well, it might be extraterrestrials, it might be mm. interdimensional. You know, we don't know. Mm. Okay. Right. But maybe when the uh, answer finally comes out, it's going to be a, something as simple as a lightning rod. Right. What could it be? Who knows? But they thought that was the finger of God. Mm. So you never know. There's, you know. there's another strange Men in Black report where they look weird, but they do something helpful. Uh, spring of 1980, a woman's driving outside of Cape Junction, Oregon, and she accidentally turns into a logging road. And after a while, it's becoming narrower and narrower. And she knows that, uh oh, she's screwed. So she tries to uh, turn it around, but uh, her the back of her car starts going over the edge a little bit, mm -hmm. and like one of the wheels. A, bad bad situation mm -hmm. and she she knows that if she she gets out of the car but she knows if she leans in the back to get her dogs out which are in a, in a carrier yes that she, the whole thing might go over then all of a sudden a large black car pulls up four men with odd features looking mm -hmm. again somewhat asian but not asian okay and their skin tone was very odd almost a, an orangish cast oh don't uh, say that that's creepy okay. yes and uh so she greeted them, but they said nothing. Hmm. So they proceed to her car. They they lift it, the four of them, right. and they move it so it's back on track and aimed toward the direction she wants to go to, be, to get back down the mountain. Wow. Okay. They're, they're wearing trench coats and, and black hats hmm. in 100-degree heat. Hmm. Now, again, we hear these reports. We... You know, we uh, we don't know for sure if they're true, but you know, who makes up stuff like this? I right. Mean, if I'm going to make up a story yes. about men in black or UFOs, I'm going to make it a little bit more believable. Right. But it's just interesting that some of the same things show up here in other places. But that's the first time I've ever heard a an MIB story where they look like classic MIBs, mm -hmm. but do something. Uh, in a, in a MIB. Right. It's, it's, it's two thoughts mm. on MIB. First of all, and we've talked about this on the show before, what they should make is a, is a serious Men in Black movie. <clears throat> okay? They'll never do it. Yes. They're like the Tom Lee Jones one. Right. Just go... And 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 you can you can go this route, you know, some investigator back in the fifties, well, you know, who knows how you want to do it. But go and make a a serious movie about Men in Black, and it will be one of the creepiest movies you've ever seen. You know, if you just Absolutely. tell the stories and have these guys that people show are up. recounting that we're hearing on the show, right? You know that 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 yeah. that that you know some of the, some of them like they, they'll come in and there's one I don't know where it was, right? And these Men in Black come to this person's house at like three in the morning, and they're like, as, as Switch said, they they don't look right. They're talking as if they just learned the language, or whatever, and they're doing stuff. Aren't they like pulling the quarters out of the people's ear or something like that? And you know, they're doing these like <laughs> tricks. 
there was a strange uh, the uh, case of uh, Dr. Hopkins. Now some have, have brought you know have said mm-hmm. that uh, they don't uh, believe it really happened. Okay. But he encountered a, a guy that came in that uh, wanted to ask about his research. He was on the phone. He hangs up the phone, and the guy's at the front door. Think, That's weird. Oh wow. Okay. He, he lets him in. He has no uh, facial hair. And it almost looks like he puts his his uh, finger to his lips once, and it's like he's put lipstick on to make it look like he's he's normal. He has kind of reddish lips. <laughs> okay. And, uh, All right. He's wearing kind of a, not 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 a fedora, but more of a uh, a uh, not a bowler, a uh, Panama what's the hat. other one. Okay. Uh, I can't can't think of that the type of hat. Cowboy hat. A derby a, hat. A, a, a derby, derby. Derby. Yes. Sir. Wow. And uh, uh, he uh, then he starts talking to him. He says, "Well, you." Uh, uh, do you know what happened to Barney Hill? And, and mm-hmm. Hopkins says, well, I think he had a, uh, uh, a stroke, and it turned out it was uh, uh, a cerebral hemorrhage. Yes. Mm-hmm. And he says, no, he died because he had no heart, and he was doing some sleight of hand with some quarters uh, because he had, he'd had uh, – Dr. Hopkins had had a quarter in his hand, okay. and he said his heart – he has mm-hmm. no heart just like you no longer have that coin in your hand. Yes. So this, you know, supposedly freaked out Hopkins big time. Okay. Bonnie and, Hill is uh, uh, Bonnie Hill, of course, is from Bonnie and Betty Hill, the famous mm-hmm. abduction, yes. first abduction. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now uh, I, I've heard him. Uh, he's on uh, uh, the Theta Dix archive telling a story. Doctor Bertolt Schwartz knew him uh, because he uh, uh, Hopkins was the guy that would put uh, witnesses under regressive hypnosis. Yes. Uh, Dr. Schwartz believed he had a real experience, and it's when he tells his story, it sounds like it rings true. Some others have brought up objections, thinking that he made it up, so we mm-hmm. don't really know. As, but there are some very, very creepy cases uh, right. dealing with uh, these strangers. And if you, you if you were able to, and a lot of them happened back in the 50s mm-hmm. and the 60s, but if you were able to somehow string them together, you know, in like almost like an X-Files episode, yep. like that, okay? I mean, where X-Files, it was serious, but... There was always kind of like not a sense of humor to it, but it wasn't like you know down and dirty serious. You know, there was something like that. There was there was some good scientific substance to it, enough to keep you interested. Yeah, Yeah. the uh, the movies, the the Men in Black movies, destroyed the uh, the. possibility that the Mothman prophecies could have properly mm-hmm. represented the men in black because right. that would have been the place to do it mm-hmm. but they they didn't do it because they had turned men in black into such a a comedy routine right right so they had to kind of hint at it with uh injured cold and so forth in the film without actually saying it right and in in it would be and actually another good movie or like a uh, these days would be like a series right on HBO or something like that yep. Oh um, yeah, just something like that, or just take like ten of the top UFO sightings in the fifties. Mm-hmm. The way that we interacted with UFOs in the fifties has nothing to do with how we do it these days. Okay, there were cases that were like gun taken from gun cameras of F eighty sixes shooting at UFOs over air bases in Nebraska. Mm. Okay, mm-hmm. that really and 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 UFOs going through all these like <clears throat> incredible, uh, let's say dogfighting maneuvers. All right, there's there's very few stories of UFOs actually shooting at our planes, but we have shot mm-hmm. at them, right? And they've always avoided it. Okay, mm-hmm. I mean this is shot. Now, can you imagine? Can, it was in the paper and everything. Mm-hmm. No big deal. Can you imagine if you opened up the, uh, the paper, or if you heard the news tomorrow, F-16 had, you know, shot at a UFO over Scotland or something? It, it would freak people out. That's right. So that's it why it's never reported that way. 
it's re- it's reported that there was a sighting that might have resembled or something. Yeah, right, right. Know. This might enough not to, them. but yeah. yeah, these things happen, and they'll don't. never come out and say that's what happened. No, no, and we and we've talked about it many times. Is because when it all comes down to it, it's not in their best interest. Mm-hmm. It, it, in fact, it's the opposite of the best interest right. to come out and say we don't know what this is, because you get paid a trillion dollars a year. You're supposed to know what everything is, okay? And, exactly. and, and their answer always is if it's friend or foe, right? And they they always say it, this is whatever it is. It's not a security threat, and that's the only thing that I think of that. Well, maybe somewhere along the line, someone has said, "Well, it's it's hallucinations, it's mental, it's something like that." But something yep. tells because I don't think that they would say that, you know, unless uh, who am I? You know, it's the military. Who knows that you can say anything they want? So they would say that these multiple pilots are hallucinating that they were shooting at anything, right? Other than a natural uh, object, right? I mean that the the military in this country <coughs> got into trouble. In the late forties, we've talked about this before, where they basically said they gave one study, and the and the people who came back with the study said uh, there's a chance that these things might be from off from Earth. Uh, and the Air Force said that's not the conclusion we wanted. They came back six months later, and the conclusion was, okay, anyone who sees a UFO is either a religious zealot, someone perpetuating a hoax, or someone having hallucinations, okay? Less than a year later, our jet fighters in Korea are seeing UFOs. Right. So the military is in that position of saying, well, which one is it? <coughs> you know, the, the, the jet pilot that you spent a million dollars and now you're sending him into combat in the most you know, advanced weapon system ever made, is he a religious zealot? Is he having hallucinations or is he just up there perpetuating a hoax? Mm. And that's why Project Blue Book started because they said, okay, we have to kind of make it seem like we look into this. We think, how's how that for a shorthand version there, Switchy? That sounds good. But, but, the, but I always was disappointed with Blue Book because it was, like you're implying, sort of a front they just weren't really serious about uh, really in, trying to solve the UFO mystery. Uh, the, what I would like to see is a, a cable uh, miniseries to do the actual Mothman prophecies the way it's written. Yes. And, you know, you could, you could add in a, a lot of other stuff about Keel, yep. you know, before, during, and after that yep. he had written. I mean, that, that could be a phenomenal yep. uh, series. A ten-part episode. Ten, oh, ten episodes, yeah. you know, and just, in t- in show, as they say in the biz, the, sh- the arc of the story. And, you know, in a way, like, you know, we've talked about this in the show a lot, too, is the movie is not as bad as it might have seemed at first, okay? I mean, that when it, when it, I heard about I, it, I agree. I thought, oh, man, they're going to make a mess of this because, because they make a mess of everything. Okay, thank you, one, one. One, one has just brought me what looks to be a paper cup full of vodka. Is that right? Mm. Proof. Okay. Just to get back to a previous segment, does water have a taste to you? Water is tasteless to me. My water has a taste. It's got minerals in it. Okay. All right. Uh, But we're taking the radon out of it. Oh, good. Oh, maybe it's the radon that Megan takes all the time. Okay. I mean, city water has uh, chlorine in it. Sure. Right, chlorine it's is like drinking um, pool water. Right, and what's the what's what what are the, uh, uh, the oh, people, or fluoride? Not chlorine, fluoride, 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 yeah, fluoride. to keep us. Yeah, and that was a big thing in the fifties too. Is yeah. that you know? I was like, why would you put well, fluoride, fluoride on? Water I'll scrub my own freaking teeth. You know what I mean? That's what people looked at it as. Yeah. Anyway, so 
some kind of if you really but you'd really have to have someone it, it this is a story that you can't like assign to someone that's how it works in Hollywood you know if someone gets a script and so someone you know at the biz you know is assigned this and you know whether they're a UFO guy or not who knows right but it, it, it has to be someone who has a passing knowledge of you know what what it's really like you know and and that there's a lot of drama in it. There'd be a lot of dogfights and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. There'd be a lot of really action in the you know in the skies. Some of the stuff people used to see back in the fifties. Uh, even you know we should do a, a story some night. Switch on. Uh, ever hear of the um, happened in the early fifties and was um, green fireballs? I think in oh yeah. You just just forget about every UFO story you've ever heard. Yeah. Just we should do that very soon. Just. Just talk about the green fireballs in the American Southwest in the early 50s, right? Switch, if I yeah, remember there, right. There, there were quite a few sightings. Oh, okay. But they're weird. They're weird. And I think some people used to predict them and stuff. It's just a very, very strange kind of offshoot of it. Okay. Well, well even even the, the contactees got involved in mm-hmm. it. And, you know, the uh, uh, the people like George Adamski, the, the ones that always talked about the long-haired Venusians and okay, so forth. Sure. And the Space Brothers. Yes. They, they claimed that they heard the message from the Space Brothers that they were sending the green fireballs to counteract mm. the radioactivity oh. from us exploding the A-bombs. Oh, really? That's, yeah. Okay. That was their story. Okay. Yeah. Well, but um, I'm going to read more about it when I have a chance. But I just remember, you know, I know research and something reading about it and just being fascinated because – a lot of people saw them because a lot of it uh, happened around Almagoro, New Mexico, where there's a lot of scientists and everything. So a lot of scientists like saw these things. Could never come up with any kind of an explanation from. There were lots of them. In a way, it was almost like the ghost rockets. Lots of them. In a where, show- where would they show up from? They'd come down from the Out sky. Of sky and- yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Surrounding the ground. And- I don't think and, they ever made it and- to the ground. Oh, did they? Okay. They ever make it? Make- I, I don't think so. I never heard about them actually striking or making a, yeah. a crater or anything like that. But it is interesting when you look at the history of UFOs, it has changed somewhat. Mm-hmm. And one guy that talked about it was uh, Ted Phillips. Ted Phillips used to, was a colleague of Dr. J. Allen Hyundai. Okay. And he uh, he investigated thousands of cases of what they call close encounters of the second kind. And that's where a UFO or light leaves some kind of uh, debris or landing marks or burn marks or, or even effects on people. And he said he, he discovered this area he called Marley Woods in southern Missouri. Yes. And he, he said the, the activity there, that he said activity in general has changed somewhat. We used to get the, the metallic disks a lot, yes. the egg-shaped craft or whatever, but a lot of that has changed to sort of light ball phenomena. Yes, okay, yeah. Uh, huh. and, and even light balls uh, uh, separating and, and coming back together yep. and so forth. Yep. So, I mean, it hasn't completely changed, but it's sort of like there's a an evolution that we don't understand right. that goes on over see, the years. See, so the question is this, is, is, it, is it how we're perceiving it? You know what I mean? You know, see, you see, on one hand, it's like, well, people are going to see, like you said, you know, lots of, in the 50s, people saw uh, what we would call the cigar-shaped object. Okay, right. the cigar-shaped object is actually the most reported UFO, not the flying saucer. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. But people saw lots of them back. You know, I mean, lots and lots of them back in the fifties. There were there were just lots of famous sightings of people on the airliners and stuff like that, and and lots of people looking out and look at what is this thing and so on, and. Um, you just don't hear about that today because if it happened today, it would be all over YouTube. Right. It would be all over YouTube with the video, mm-hmm. you know. So, 
You know what I mean? So does it? Does it, is it the way? It, it, I, maybe this thing adjusts as we adjust. You know what I mean? I mean this whole phenomenon yeah. adjusts as we adjust. I think. I think what we see is based a lot about our perceptions of what we think <clears throat> we're seeing, and, and that's or based something. on what our intelligence level is or what our imagination is. Okay, like. but here's the problem: these things show up on radar. Yeah, they right. show up on the, radar. See, now that that kind of evidence is you know will right. cl- we'll clinch the story one right. way or the other. See, that's that's why what. It, Everything you know, it changed in the. But the the radar only shows like a blip. It really, you know, you can't right. see anything beyond that. So you have to. You know, but it's physical. Some jets to. But it's physical. You know, it's it's physical, physical, right? You know, I mean, you know, there are people who say, well, you know, maybe it's just something we're seeing in our mind. We don't understand this part of our brain. But. What Keel talked about uh, transmogrifications of energy. He did think okay. that some of the stuff was at least temporarily physical. Okay. Uh, but of course, a, uh, a a poltergeist is supposed to be, be created by uh, you know uncon- an unconscious release of mental energy. Yes. Yet it it, it produces <laughs> a physical effect. I mean, if that theory is true. Okay. And so perhaps. Uh, a collect like like Carl Jung talked wrote a book called uh, Flying Saucers: A Myth of Things Seen in the Sky, and he yes. thought perhaps these things were images coming out of the collective unconscious. Okay, what? but perhaps those images can be temporarily physical for a while. What, what was that phrase? The unconscious releasing of mental what? Uh, an, an unconscious release of mental energy. Those yeah. are that's my word. Wow, so. you have been out with us. We've, we've had that experience <laughs> just recently. Yes. Okay. Right, exactly. One more. Well, well, this is fascinating. So, anyway, um, I think. So I noticed the green fireballs is also talked about in that uh, TV show, Project Blue Book. Have you ever seen any of that? No, yeah, I can't watch do, that. They did do an episode yeah. on that, yeah. didn't they? they I did. can't watch it because you know what it's going to be like. Episode six. Yeah, you know what it's going to be like, though. You know, I mean, I mean, you, you have to look at it like like I've always looked at uh, like for for instance, Batman. Yeah. Okay, I grew up reading Batman. Batman was like my comic book to go to. Mm-hmm. Okay. But ever since the first one, what they sh- and, and, and actually the TV show the first way, one what the first movie the first movie yeah with Michael Keaton all right but but actually the the, the TV show actually kind of led the way into this right is that the way you do it is that he's like really a great detective mm-hmm. he's the only odd thing in in real life yeah you know what I mean he's the only odd thing and 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 you know he's human but he's like super smart and you know for some reason he's you know the best. Crime fighter in the world, but you know, the city he lives in is full of criminals. <laughs> I mean, you ever think of that? I know, so why wouldn't, they, wouldn't they have like yeah. the lowest crime, the highest crime ever? You know, except and, and, for the commissioner. And yeah, right. Well, you never know about him, you know, <laughs> or his daughter. As it turns out. Okay. <laughs> but you know what I mean? If they just made him, he gets he he gets dressed up. You know, he he looks odd, but he. It's almost like Sherlock Holmes in the hat. You know, he he. he you can't say he really has superpowers because he doesn't. He doesn't. He, he, he's just he's an a, athlete. Yeah. He's, but but he's. I don't know. I I think that would really be an interesting Batman movie. Now they made they came very very close in a Superman movie to doing it, and it was I forget who was in it. It was like one guy, and, it, and the weird thing about Superman they, they made they re they rebooted Superman about six times. What do you of any? Co- of any story in the world, you don't have to reboot Superman. Everyone knows about Superman, okay? Yeah. Just tell us about Superman Adventures. You don't have to go back to my pocket, right? Well, they want to make Superman a bad guy now, too, right? I'm sure. I'm sure they're going to, you know, hate say, oh, sure Superman gonna, versus Batman. What was, who was the Stupidest bad guy? movie in the world. Stupidest glad, glad movie in the world. You don't, that's two hours of your life that you will have, and I will not have it back. <laughs> Here's the thing. Somewhere in the pitch meeting, 
somewhere yeah. in the pitch meeting. Right. Someone would have said, Superman would hit Batman with one punch, he'd be dead. Okay? It'd be the shortest <laughs> movie so. ever made. I, it, 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 and what they do, for some reason I watched it, and what they do is, and this just drives me insane. This has nothing to do with me going to Emerson Film School, the most famous film school in the world. Very famous. They have this big fight at the end, okay? But it's it's filmed in the dark. Do you see the movie switching? No. Okay, it's filmed in no, the I dark. I mean, the special effects are in the dark. And, and you know that the special effects you know, are cra- uh, around the edges and stuff. So let's darken it up so you won't see our mistakes. And the last hour of it is in complete dark. And all it is, uh, he's smashing him, he's smashing him, this button falls, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, wow, what a piece of trash this is, you know. And it was a bad idea from the beginning. But just going back to this one Superman. It's like back in the day when they had Paul Winchell and Jerry Mahoney as a ventriloquist act on the radio. How do you know they're not moving their lips? It's radio. (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) From the mind of a young long one. (laughs) It's true. It's true. How do you know Howard Stern had all those lesbians in his studio? Exactly. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, let me just go back to this one Superman movie. This was a standalone Superman movie. Yeah. And all I remember is at the end of it, uh, Lois Lane finds out that she's pregnant with Superman's baby. And I'm sure that they looked on it as, all right, that's how we're going to go into the next sequel. But then they rebooted it again with the guy who's in England who's been in them for like the past four or five times. This guy was in it once. And Lois, whoever played Lois Lane, she's in it once. Mm. Okay, and I can't really remember her name. But... It comes very close to. Did she die recently? No, no. Oh, uh, yeah. No, this is this. You're talking about what's her name from the um, from no, the seventies. Uh, um, uh, she had a tough life there. Yeah. Um, Margot Kidder. Yeah, Margot Kidder. Margot Kidder. Who's yeah. worst? Oh, right, right. The worst cast Lois Lane in the world. And the, Lois Lane's attractive. I'm sorry, you know. And and in the movies is what's her name? The girl with the uh, the woman with the red hair. She's really cute. She plays a perfect. Even though she was in Batman versus Superman, I forget her name. But anyway, so in this one movie, the, the, it, Superman is really like the only unusual thing, and the rest of the world isn't really unusual, you know. Mm, yeah, it, he's he's like a freak in a way, but everyone knows what he does, and they look up to him. Have you seen Superman today? And, was and they look at him as as a, pretty much benevolent. Right, yeah, he's there to help him, yeah. you know. And, like, the news is, you know, Superman spotted on the bridge today helping someone, whatever, you know. And 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 it was more like, and then he falls in love with Lois Lane, and he can't tell her, and that, you know, it was kind of swampy in a way, you know, a soap opera in mm-hmm. a way, but it was really the first time that they kind of just kind of got that idea. that Like, the Superman TV show, okay, as bad as it was, right, he really was the only weird With, uh, thing. Steve Reeves. Right. Uh, George Reeves. George Reeves. Out of the blue of the Western sky. Oh, right. He, 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 you know, he, he was the only odd thing because it was just made cheaply made. They didn't have any, you know, real criminals or anything, you know, except yeah. uh, short people running around with, uh, you know, macaroni strainers <laughs> yeah. on their heads. Superman versus the Mole Men. Yeah, right. Yeah. Was in the first one, right? That was the pilot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Here's a question about Superman. Now that we're on Superman, we got a few more minutes. Two more minutes. How did he get in the window? Okay, you'd see him flying. Yep. He's flying. But when he'd come in the window, he'd come in free first. So did he make some maneuver before he came well, in the I'm open Well, I'm sure room? he was pretty acrobatic. So that was part did of the special power. No. Just him to- you don't need to see it. Here we go. It's all in your imagination. Well, that was, a, that was it, the beauty of uh, 50s TVs, and TV. And- 
if he came in head first, he would go right for the there wall. There you go. Yeah, right. <laughs> now, at that pitch meeting, they said he can't come in head first. My, my problem with the, the movies uh, uh, early on yes. was the they never got the villains right. No. Right away, right. later on, because they they, they based it on the, the silly Batman TV show. Yep. kind of set the standard. Uh, this, we get we get thirty seconds. Here's here's what you do. You sit down with some Batman comics from the fifties and the sixties. I wish you still had them. Okay, sit down. If, just take one or two really good episodes mm-hmm. and 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 write a script. That's all. That's all you have to do, and do it exactly the way the comic book does it, and you will. Ha- and, and it'll be. It'd be more realistic in a way. Instead of thinking what you think Batman should look like, do what Batman looked like. That's the way I look exactly. at it. Exactly. You know? It'd be a fun story, and it would sell. It would sell. Uh, hey, listen, what a show we've had tonight, okay? It's let's, really fun. Let's review, okay? <laughs> uh, first of all, we talked to Switchy. We did. Okay, and then we talked to Megan Ragan, and then yeah. we talked to Switchy again, right? Was that basically him? <laughs> it was like a Switch sandwich. Okay, there you go. Switch, wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> Oh, I'll never tell her that. You will. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we can call it Megan in the middle. Yeah, don't stop. Don't, 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 uh, <laughs> pulling the pin out of the hand again, I did, my friend. Uh, so anyway, so thank you, uh, Megan Reagan, for joining us tonight. The yeah, life was always, and thank you there for Switchy for joining us. Uh, my pleasure. Okay, all right, and uh, do something good for breakfast next Tuesday, if you don't mind. Uh, I will. I'll, you can I'll send the bill to one one. Okay. Uh, Coco, we missed you tonight, but you were here in spirit. That's right. Okay, and uh, keep let's, sending us those crazy emails. Let me uh, just say that uh, Wingman Nineteen is on sale every uh, bookstore, but just go on Amazon.com. Wingman Nineteen, the Odessa Raid, just came out. Uh, also, UFOs in Wartime uh, on Amazon.com, and uh, coming soon, um, the Kalishnikov Kiss, Chris R. Special agent for the Navy. No, Ooh. Chris Starr, Yeah. based on Chris R., who's going to be in town next month, mm. by the way. He's uh, a real new, agent. New detective coming out. A detective series coming out back in Maloney. Also, Mosquito, the Mosquito Project, the People's Mosquito Project. A good friend there, Ross Shop, is putting together one of the most famous uh, airplanes of World War II. The People's Mosquito Project. Just Google it. Get on board that train because yeah. there's reports Buy every some day. cool Mosquito Project yeah, you ain't uh, swag. Very interesting. Um, and uh, I think that's it. So until uh, next time, this is Mac for the entire gang saying be safe, be happy, and bye-bye. <laughs>